0: From Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo
1: on Sacktown Sports.
0: We are
1: live! Oh, happy Thursday. <laughs> Deuce and Mo. And I don't know, you feel kind of free today. I do, I know. I we don't, don't know. Have,
2: Something's different. I don't yeah.
1: Know. yeah. We don't have Morgan weighing us down, huh? It's, it's the feel guy of nice. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's just I a guy's know. day. Throwing out, oh. you know. Oh. Talking about
2: trucks. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, beer. beer, beer, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if you're female, you don't like any of those No, no, like no, course, no, there's no course. way. Uh, no. Morgan is off today uh, from the show. She's actually going to be doing a sit-down interview with uh, King's assistant, Lindsey Harding, for NBC Sports. So, it's us. It's Deuce Mason. It's Chris Watkins. Chris Verlods here. we got a jam-packed show, too. Brendan Nunes is scheduled to join us this hour. Yeah, we'll hang out with him. <laughs> Uh, to talk some Kings, bounce around the league, and yeah. then Frankie Cardaselli will join us sometime in the one mm-hmm. after Kings practice. So yeah. it's you a busy day.
2: Are. Yeah, it is a busy day. I'm excited, man. I'm so hyped. Are this you really? Him. I am. I know. <laughs> He's texted that yesterday. I... I was like, I'm excited. You're like, are you really are you excited? Si- but
1: why are you really excited? Man, this is,
2: don't, don't don't make me get emotional. This is a dream come true, okay, man. Okay, come now on, we're done. We're done. I'm
1: not We're not doing the come dream on. because then I feel like you're being sarcastic. And it's fine. If you're being sarcastic, so. you can be. I'm actually not. But it's all good. Um, We have a jam-packed show today. There's so many NBA topics, number one, after last night. But the Kings back on the practice floor today. They take on the Suns Friday. Mm. And get ready. Get ready. The Suns are getting all the calls coming up on Friday. You think? Monty Williams at his press conference yesterday after losing to the Lakers... Opened up complaining about the free throw disparity. Oh my god! The Lakers shot forty six free throws last yeah. night. Austin Reeves got calls like he was prime LeBron, right? And money—that's the only thing he said. <laughs> and then he walked away. Yeah. So who are they play next? Oh, the Kings. Yeah. So get ready for the Suns are going to get a friendly whistle coming yeah. up on Friday. Well,
2: like, the Kings got such a great whistle the other night against Boston. I'm sure. I'm sure the ref, <laughs> Well, you don't think the refs are going to make up for that? I mean, yeah. that was yeah. That yeah. I would definitely expect. Uh, Devin Booker to get at least what, fifteen free throws? Chris Paul? Oh, is Chris Paul gonna be back to his old ways of of getting those cheap fouls in the in the paint? Are you
1: are you to the point where you're starting to think more and more about playoff matchups?
2: Oh, all the time. It's like, yeah. I mean, especially on the show every day, I'm doing like an eye on the west and keeping I'm I'm way too I, I know too much too about just how the daily shift of it is happening and it's uh you know, with OKC especially slipping in now, now I'm like, okay, there's there's somebody who we can really take advantage of potentially. You, I'm
1: I, I'm to the point where I try to talk myself in into matchups, and then I start looking at them, and I go, oh, no, but what if this happens? Yes, like For, for sure. example, the, right. right now, if the playoffs start today, yep. we'd get Kings Warriors first round. Yeah. And I, early, a couple days ago on this show, I was like, bring it! You have I'm been looking scared. directly I'm into the scared. camera and and. Limbassing people, but then I I think I then I overthink it and I get nervous because yeah. I'm like yeah, but I mean it's Steph Curry, right? They've been there before. Yes. Like I don't view them as a championship contender, the yeah. Warriors, but they could get out of a series, yeah.
2: yeah. And I think that's where like that's where a lot of people don't like to hear it, but that's where the experience comes in, where it's like you if you just know how to win games in a, in a playoff series, if you know just the physicality level, just small things like that, like that can give you the advantage, and it's just the The facts of I don't want to play Steph Curry in a playoff series. I don't want to. I don't care how good or bad you think the Lakers are. I just point blank period don't want to play Anthony Davis and LeBron in a playoff series. Yeah, those guys are just scary. Like it's just at least I don't don't want
1: to play them in the first round. In the first round, exactly first First round. round. But I feel like there's only one team I'm be I'd be okay with playing in the first round. That's Dallas. Interesting. And that's I th- I think
2: I agree with you because they are stylistically as well, like the most similar to the Kings. They don't play much defense and they, have they, no they legit rely big. on their, they also have no legit big Sabonis. And that's really, that's huge for playoffs playoffs are really, a, it's all about matchups. That's really yeah. all it is. And exploiting matchups and, and leaning into your strengths and exposing weaknesses. And it does feel like Dallas is kind of the most susceptible to what the Kings do. And, you know, with Luca and Kyrie, they still haven't gotten too many games under their belt together. It does feel like Dallas is probably the consensus for most people's preferred playoff uh, to round one.
1: I'm I'm done with Luca right now.
2: He's really annoying. Like I, I, that's another thing that I'm you know every so often I'm like you know if we had Luca would would I mean we would all love him oh. for sure. His numbers would be ridiculous. We <laughs> We'd would talk be ourselves ghost. into it. But <laughs> having to come here every morning and then have to be like. Yeah, you know, it was wasn't great. You know, it was like DeMar- Demarcus was the same way, where it's yeah. like he won't play defense because he's too busy complaining about the refs, and like it's it's a huge part of his game. It's just complaining about refs, and he has the ball in his hand an awful lot. It's not too conducive to team basketball. It's not very pretty basketball either. Uh, so yeah, I think about that sometimes too. Of just I'm I I don't know if I am a th- I I totally respect Luca. I think he's a phenomenal generational player. But I don't know how fun it would be to root for a Luka-led team.
1: He complains so much. There was a play last night. I thought Jonathan Kaminga did a great job, too. Kaminga Kaminga had had a
2: great game yesterday.
1: Great game. Made uh, Luka work. Mm -hmm. And Luka doesn't like to work. I mean, look at him. He doesn't like to work. (laughs) Does not go work, work out, any of it. (laughs) So Kaminga had a great—and I think that's where I— And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic with the Warriors right now, but they don't have Wiggins. That's a huge loss for them. I do think that if Kerr shows some trust in Kamingo, which mm-hmm. he has been lately, he can be a big factor yeah. come playoff time. Uh, not only is a defender, but he's mm-hmm. a supreme athlete. Yeah, I like his game a lot. I was going to ask. Yeah, because
2: I, th- I feel like he's kind of somebody that you have to watch a couple times to really understand his game because he is pretty inconsistent even still. He's but, a young guy. I mean, he's yeah, 19,
1: 20 years Ign- old. A
2: G League Ignite guy. Yep. So, you know, he, he's kind of still early in his development. But, yeah, you see the potential there. He's such a raw athlete. It seems like he can do a little bit of everything at points, but uh, still just kind of developing. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much of a leash Steve Kerr gives him in the postseason because, I mean, especially with how veteran that team is. It is interesting, though. I, I was watching the Warrior game yesterday. Their closing lineup is Steph, Clay, DiVincenzo, Looney and Draymond no no Jordan Poole in there no I think Dude. I don't think Kaminga closed yesterday either
1: Jordan Poole he's not out. good yeah man. it's
2: looking bad that contrast contract is looking worse and worse by the day and I don't know I, I, I it doesn't feel like at this point it's a you know, leftover from the, the Draymond situation. It just kind of feels like he's chaotic. Yeah. He's, he's just very a chaotic. Too chaotic, a little too J.R. Smithy in him, but all the worst parts of it. Worse. And then just
1: defensively, it's just yeah, not there well, with him either. So they, they have bad. issues. Now I'm trying to talk myself back into the Kings for know, a second. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> if you guys have thoughts too, you can hit us up in the chat, youtube.com slash Sacktown sports, 1140. We'll get to some of that there. Also, you can use your voice too. If you want to call us, hit us up 916-339-1140 is there a matchup that scares you for the Sacramento Kings in the first round? Mm. One, I'm glad we're even having this conversation. Right. The Kings magic numbers down to three? So there's a chance they could clinch yeah. Saturday? Yes. Technically. That's right? where I start paying or,
2: attention is when like the magic numbers. Is that
1: the five. soonest they could clinch?
2: Uh, Friday. They play Friday. I guess, right? If they, they could, win Friday, they get some help. And the then Warriors they win play the Sixers, Sixers yeah. coming up next. Yes. Yeah. That's an L. That's, uh, is, it, is that at home? Is that on the road? Because we we know the Warriors are that, completely. I believe different that's teams. In, that's in San Francisco. That is okay. Well, but
1: who they have defending him mm. beat? <laughs> that's gonna be They're, a fun matchup. You and I can go out there. That's gonna be a fun matchup mm-hmm. for them for sure. Uh, in the YouTube chat, Hypotica uh, says, "I'm not scared of them at all. They are washed."
2: <laughs> I won't go that far. Steph Curry, thirty-five. It feels like he's having his best. If this might be Steph Curry's best season of his career, I mean, what he's done this season. It's unfortunately he had to miss what a month or so with an injury. But it's, what Steph has been able to do this year, it's it's really all through him. And like he he has just been a different guy this year. And it, especially that's what makes me so nervous about going against him specifically yeah, in a playoff yeah. series. I feel like he can average thirty-five a game in a playoff series. And don't sleep on Clay either. Clay is. I'm not going to say he's officially back from his injury, but numbers-wise, you look at it, he's back to 41%. I think I saw he's leading the NBA or just behind Buddy Hield in in three-point makes for the season, like, the Warriors, they haven't played well, and the record doesn't show it, but they still have a good amount of talent that's performing really well. It's time for the Kings to slay the beast. they got to be I the agree, team though. that yeah. ends
1: the Warriors as we know them.
2: That would be so great. How much- yeah. <laughs> We be- would never let them live it down.
1: I'd be a nervous wreck, though. Oh, yeah. I, I-, I don't know. The- I-, I talk about the Mavs. The other match I'm trying to talk myself into for the Kings, and it's possible because the, the Warriors could move up here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clippers now without Paul oh, George. Oh, for sure.
2: Minnesota as well, I've been thinking about a lot. But, yeah, the Clippers, they present an interesting problem. We saw how the Kings struggled to handle teams with two wings uh, with with Tatum and Brown the other night, and that's my big concern going against the Clipper team is, well, without Paul George now, that could be a different story. But
1: They're switchable.
2: Yeah, they're just very switchable. They're deep, too. I just like a lot of the guys that they have on their team. Um, And then, yeah, they have have the Zubac and – uh, uh, Mason Plumley minutes that you can get 48 minutes of solid center play is what I always say about him and uh, that that could present possibly some some issues for Sabonis I think Sabonis has handled them pretty well uh, when he's played them so far this season but you know just the the size and the physicality of those two guys it could potentially wear on Sabonis in a seven game series
1: the poll question in the YouTube feed are you worried about a Kings Warriors series the options no bring it yes avoid them or I don't care who they play Right now, forty-six percent of people saying no. Just bring it. Hmm. Okay, I'd
2: be lying if I said I'm not. I'm at not at least nervous for a Warriors series. I think, again, just for all the reasons I list, I just think they present a lot of very real issues. And you know, if if anyone's going to make the Kings' lack of experience very prevalent it would be the Warriors who have just a a wealth of playoff experience and you know it's just it's just small little things that can make the difference in a series and we're not talking you know it could I'm not saying the Warriors are going to sweep the Kings or you know that I just think it would be a really tough series maybe six or seven games and you know some games that are decided on on some close margins Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna be a wreck during playoffs. Oh, it's, gonna a mess. it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be a mess. We're gonna take a break, sixty seconds. We're always live at youtube.com slash sacktown sports eleven forty. Deuce Mason hanging out with Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports.
0: Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
1: Morgan off today, Juice Mason hanging out with Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports 1140, SacktownSports.com, and we got our buddy in studio. Oh my he guy. is everywhere. One and only, Brendan Nunes. What's
3: up, Brendan? What's going on, guys?
1: How you doing? Glad to be here. Doing good. Doing yeah. good. It's Two weird. of my favorite people. Oh, no. Stop it. I, see, this is and where I, I don't trust any of you guys, i am being honest. You just don't take compliments well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Has anyone ever I, told I, you I'm that? I'm so excited to be with you today. It doesn't feel genuine. Doesn't feel genuine, Deuce. You're always talking like you're a big deal, always, <laughs> always
2: like a bigger than life personality. That's a and that's then a people bit. are like, yeah, but you know, it's it's a it's a, just, it's a you know? permanent bit. Yeah, yeah well, I, I'm just saying it's you know people people it's it's an honor to be in your presence. You oh,
1: jeez, okay. <laughs> that was a little bit of sarcasm. Uh, yeah, answer, that was that was that was, <laughs> that was just a <laughs> tiny bit. Brendan, we were just talking about last segment. Looking at playoff matchups, I try to talk myself into like most of them, and then I start diving deeper and I'm like, ah, oh, Warriors make me nervous. Mm-hmm, the Minnesota Seawolves kind of make me yeah. nervous. It's just like the Kings, they just haven't really performed that well against like
2: teams like Minnesota as well. It's just like, it feels like length. And again, like, well, uh, they've
1: got Captain Corny back, Cat. Uh, <laughs> so,
2: you and Jason Ross are not Cat guys. Did you
1: hear him last night?
3: It was, yes, it was pretty funny. It was
2: pretty
1: Corny. funny. Corny. It was also a cool moment.
3: If that guy's on your team, do you feel different? No. Really?
1: No. You know what? Kat, I didn't what, hear you what you, said. What, it, what what he you guys will learn about Cat as you continue mm-hmm. to watch him, he wasn't in a good mood just because they won. He was in a good mood because he got to be the guy because Ant wasn't there, and Ant wasn't mm-hmm. in his way. That's what it yeah, is. You think? I know you don't have headphones, but you saw. I'm going to yeah. play this. This is after the game. By the way, I've not a game this. in which they beat the Hawks, but the officials came out after and said, yeah, we missed a foul on the final play Oof. of the game on a three-pointer. Oh. Here's Cat after the win.
0: Let's go! Cat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This
0: is what movies is made of. This is what
1: movies is made
4: of. of. Four months away, I come back, two free throws. Don't worry about it. I got that.
1: Yeah, that face says it all from Chris Watkins. I have not
2: heard heard that. That is terrible. That is very similar vibes of Patrick Beverly jumping on the scores table after winning the plane. Captain Corny. That's really terrible.
4: I mean, (laughs) he might be right, like a Disney Plus, like... Straight to streaming movies. This is right? what
2: movies are made of. I miss 51 games, come back in late March, and score 22 points if, on 8 of 18. I will
1: say this right now. If Cat is ever on the Kings, I'm out. Really? I'm stop done. It. <laughs> I'm, done. Stop I'm done. Stop it. I am done. Not a Cat guy.
2: He, I it, don't think you'll have to worry about that, but, thankfully.
1: It, honestly, where I'm going with this, so talking about Minnesota, Brendan, is... It is going to be interesting on in how some of these teams kind of fit guys back in. Because they played 51 games without him. And we saw the fit was kind of clunky with Cat yeah. and Gobert and Ant. Right. And now you're trying to implement all three at once Ant gets back right before the playoff start. The Lakers, they're playing free right now. And I think yeah. the assumption is, oh, LeBron gets back and everything's good. Yeah. There is some, and LeBron's great, obviously, yeah. but there is something about him not being there that's allowing guys to be free so it's gonna be interesting to see how those teams kind of come together come playoff time if the, if they're in the mix is there a team out there for the kings that you think would be a great matchup I think everyone leans toward Dallas at yeah. this point are there teams that you're fear- fearful of in the first round
3: give me Dallas okay. give me OKC like that's fine I don't have any issue with OKC. I don't don't know that I see that as happening, but those are both the ones that stand out to me, where it's like, let's just make this a shootout. A race to 130, I'm going to take the Kings against any team in the league. Mm. If Denver is playing bad defense, like I would take Sacramento's offense over Denver. I don't know if I'm crazy for that, but like what we've seen from Sacramento, they are a ridiculously high-powered offense, and we'll see how long they can hold up their defense for or how much they can pick it up uh, come postseason. Teams that scare me are... I mean, I don't want anything to do with Phoenix, but that'd be a round two matchup. Phoenix, yeah, yeah. to me, is kind of coming out of the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to tell, right? Yeah, I can't. I, that's I'm what just I not guess. there with
1: any team right now. I can't yeah. figure it out. I think
2: I think I agree with Brendan that if there is a team, it's Phoenix. But I don't, again, like, even that is, it, I don't, at the moment, they don't really scare me that much. But once KD comes back, that's that's a lot of fear. But... <sighs>
3: That's it, also does that I mean, come that together a, like,
1: in the playoffs? Can they get that cohesiveness yeah, come
3: playoff time? I think KD is like the most plug and play superstar for sure. Yeah. Like I know it was only 3 games, but he looked like he fit the in great. right yeah. away. And he could just play a better Mikhail Bridges role in a way. Right, Like that's underselling it, but I think the other aspect of what you're saying of so many teams having injuries and guys coming back is that like you look at someone like Austin Reeves, right? That's really taken off since LeBron has went down or Anthony Edwards has taken off since Cat went down. I think that it can go one of two ways. It could go kind of the way that you laid out of. It's just weird when they get back together and there's a learning curve or that guy that was out comes back and is the same. And all of a sudden his running mate is just better, more confident, Yeah, you know,
1: it's possible. I think with the Lakers, what I look at them right now too, is like they got to find a way for ad to play with that level of aggressiveness and focus when lebron's back and i don't know if that's an ad thing or a lebron thing like a conversation that Mm -hmm. has to happen but right now guys are playing a little more loose and i just think it can be challenged as great as lebron is Mm -hmm. i think it's challenging to play with a guy like that at times because he's he's got to have the ball a lot right sometimes you get it late in the shot clock you're kind of watching him do his thing but right Mm -hmm. now Ball's moving.
2: Yeah. It's got energy. It's a lot like what I I mentioned with Luca, where it's just like he has the ball in his hands so much, it's hard to, you're, you're ball watching a lot of the time offensively, just waiting in the corner for, like you're saying, just wait for last second, you get the ball and have to chuck it up. It's also level of expectation. Like, the problem with playing with LeBron is when you're on a LeBron team, you're expected to win a championship. And that's really tough expectations, especially for Anthony Davis, who I think is, you know, kind of. Yeah, like he's finding himself I think a little bit without LeBron. I think, you know, his whole time here in LA has been kind of LeBron taking him under his wing and we've seen with LeBron missing some time, AD's definitely starting to feel himself. He's getting some some consecutive games under his belt, which is huge for him. He's not somebody who's found a lot of uh injury luck throughout his career, so um, yeah, I, I could definitely see once LeBron comes back, there's definitely going to be an adjustment period, and Anthony Davis is going to be have to make the biggest adjustment because, yeah, he, he's still got to find a way to be that guy, bring that same level of aggression, though he's not going to have the ball in his hand as much and might not be relied on quite as much.
1: The yeah. update we got from Le- about LeBron today, by the way, is he's anticipate- he's trying to come back for the final few games of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So we'll trying, see what you know, that looks definitely.
2: like. If anyone's going to do it, it's him, that's
3: for sure. And they've won before. They literally won a championship with that duo. And I know they had a lot of different surrounding pieces. We we
1: still count that with the bubble championship, the Disney ones. Oh, boy. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, There
3: (laughs) are unique circumstances, but they that duo has figured it out before with a good surrounding cast. And I think that their team got a lot better at the trade deadline. I agree. I, I
1: do, too. I think the other... The difference, though, you're right. Some of the core pieces around their championship team, but also even if LeBron's back, He's not 100%. -hmm. He's trying to get back. And I don't know what he did during this time off. I know there are some people suggesting he He did the Kobe thing in Germany. I (laughs) think Dennis
2: Schroeder said that. Yeah, yeah.
1: so, I mean, I I guess we'll see. I mean, you don't want to discount. I think sometimes when we get in these conversations with teams like the Warriors and the Lakers, it's more being fearful of their past than what they are now.
3: Absolutely. LeBron James scares me. Maybe this is my growing up a Celtics fan PTSD. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I learned at one point wow. in my life, I refuse to ever bet against LeBron James, well, and I don't you, think I can let that go.
1: I mean, if you bet against him the last few years, you're you're great. Yeah, they,
2: yeah. the West is. I mean, we you just hard? The West yeah. is open this year, though. I mean, if there's ever a year where a six seed, Golden State, maybe maybe a, like if if let's say the Lakers get into the play-in, they win the play-in, they get that seven, or even the eight. And they play Denver or Memphis in that first round. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're pro- you know the the higher seeds are probably favored there, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers, with their new look, take one of those teams down. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a a second or third round exit. Who knows? I I just think I think the West
1: is open this year. Yeah. It's, that's what makes me nervous. It's great. It's a, it's an awesome thing too, right? For the it's great. Kings, I mean, it's that's, like it's that's, that's the same
2: argument for the Kings. It really right? is. It's, it's any, no team really, really scares you. And I don't think anybody's really unstoppable. I think, you know, I think it's a little strange that people seem to not be giving Denver the credit that they probably deserve for, for being so head and shoulders above everyone in the West. But uh I, I just, I don't know if anyone's going to put the fear of in me, it, it'd probably be Denver, but I just don't see it. I don't they, know. I don't really see it. They have been struggling a little bit. They have, especially yeah. recently. Yeah. For
3: their standards, at yeah. least. And it's defensively. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's not, there's nothing to point at for a reason why. You know, like nobody's been injured. They haven't made some lineup mm-hmm. change or anything like this. It's just like their defense has been struggling. And to Sacramento's standards, they still are a better defense <laughs> than Sacramento for what it's worth.
1: Yeah. I mean, they are, but there are some serious concerns come playoff time. Jamal Murray. You know, he's been limping around there a bit. Mm -hmm. Porter could not defend uh, James Ham at this point. You know what I mean? I think James Ham could beat him off the dribble. Yep. And that's a concern come playoff time. (laughs) We'll talk more playoffs. How crazy. We are talking playoff matchups. Uh, Who is a player that, or who's a team that you don't want to face in the first round? Who's a team you want? You can hit us up in the chat, youtube.com slash SactownSports1140. Deuce and Moe, Chris Watkins, Brendan Nunes on Sactown Sports. It's Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe. Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, and Morgan Reagan is off today, hanging out with Chris Watkins. Uh, Deuce, I don't know why I'm speaking in third person. Hey, <laughs> Deuce and Moe will be off tomorrow. We're <laughs> off tomorrow because uh, we are calling. A Stockton Kings game at Golden 1 Center mm-hmm. that tips off at 11 a.m. Yeah. Final regular season game before Stockton plays in the playoffs. So it'll be Chris Watkins and Kyle Draper. Draper. Draper's yeah. in the building. Yeah. All right. yeah. excited All right. for that. Um, So Chris hanging out with me today. We got Brenda Nunez in studio. We're talking Kings playoff matchups. We were just talking before the break about how expensive playoff tickets mm. could be.
2: Yeah, not quite in uh, not quite in my budget range for sure. I mean, I I would think, and yeah, we I mean, leave the potential of playing the Warriors out of it because I think that might hike the ticket price up another two three hundred dollars. I think just to get in the building, if I had to guess, it would probably be like around five hundred dollars, which is.
1: I wonder if that that might be low.
2: It definitely could be just to. I mean, if we're talking like or up? I'm saying where the local guy sits. You know that <laughs> local guy. The, he he we're all he's the not, way he's up in the, like the catwalk. Yeah. I thought, right? yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, catwalk. Yeah, yeah. He, he actually drapes down the, uh, the the retired jerseys. Um, yeah, I feel like just to get. I mean, it's it's gonna be the hottest ticket in town. Like it's it's the 16 year playoff drought being broken. First time a lot of people have probably been able to watch playoff games. It's gonna be crazy. It's good. I it, I'm not gonna be in my budget. I'm glad that uh, I'll have a media credential, hopefully.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I can't uh, wait to hear hopefully. that building, though. It's so It was loud on, like, a Tuesday against the Pistons, right? and it was extremely loud. Like, that building is going to go crazy.
1: How do you think the Kings players, coaches, they'll react when they officially clinch? Let's say Saturday night. Let's say yeah. everything goes perfect for Sacramento. Magic number's three right now. Let's say the Warriors lose to the Sixers coming up. That drops it to two, right? Am I right on that? Yes, I, I believe think so. so. Yeah, that's okay. how it works. If other teams win, yeah. then it And takes then the Kings win the next down. two. Yes. It's not going to be easy, but mm-hmm. win the next two. They would clinch Saturday night.
2: It would be I, really great if they do it at home, too. That would definitely be...
1: Perfect. Yeah. I, do you think like, the players are going crazy, or do you think... Because they they seem like so. they've been very like... Yeah, they're, yeah we're going. That's not the goal, right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's not, that's not the end goal for sure. I, I don't think they'll be jumping on scores tables for sure. <laughs> it's also like, how many of these guys are really connected to that drought? Probably... I mean, at
1: this point, it's kind of De'Aaron, it's Rashawn and HB. I think it's not only that, though, but for De'Aaron, who's been here through a yeah. lot in yeah. six years yeah. to get that moment, it's probably going to be emotional, but maybe he's just like, let's go So, I don't think, so. the-. I don't I don't seem like think they react at all, yeah. to be honest. So,
3: yeah. like I think that media will nonstop ask them about it. Yep. And so you'll get comments based on that of like, I'm happy for this city. I'm happy for this franchise. But like, it's already known that it's happening. You know, hey, there's not like a moment yeah, of like, yeah. oh man, we weren't sure if it was going to happen, yeah, and it right. finally did. Like, we've known for a while this is going to happen. Like, I, I really don't think we get many reactions.
1: Yeah, I right. think even for me, like, I was. Th- if you would have told me before the season, oh, what are you going to feel like if they right. make the playoffs? <laughs> now I'm kind of the same way, where I'm yeah. like, they're going. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm. Ha- I think I'll be more emotional that first playoff game yes. than I am yeah. when they officially clinch. I'll be because ha- it's like. You know it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to make it. Yeah. The Magic numbers down to three. They're not losing the rest of their games. Mm-hmm. The teams behind them aren't winning the rest of their games. Yeah. Like, they're in. So, yeah. I don't know. It's almost like reaching that 500 mark yeah. and going, yes, oh, right. sorry, five. That's not a winning yes. season. No, it's not. Once they got to 42. Yes, exactly. Feeling that Thank moment. You. I felt like that was worthy of celebration.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you're right, dudes. I think the most emotion that, I'll probably personally feel is probably walking into the arena or like once the fans are in the arena for that first game, because that's when like all the, that's when excitement's at its peak, you know, that's when you're thinking about how long it's been since we're in that kind of situation, maybe after the first win for sure. Or, or after, if we, if they win a series, that'll be pretty emotional for sure. Uh, the first time they win the series, the second time, obviously it'll be, it'll be expected from <laughs> yeah, yeah. the second time. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the the, the max of my emotions. will be walking into that first game because I, I do agree with Brendan. It feels like these guys, especially these the, the players on the team, probably have been expecting or, or knowing that they're a playoff team for a while now.
3: Harrison got asked after, like, 40 games. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been X amount of years since this, and Harrison was just like, I don't know, I always thought of 50 as the number for a good team. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't yeah, I yeah, think that yeah, there's much attached yeah. for these players to that. I think – It will be more so like when they feel the energy in the building Mm -hmm. and they already know how much it means to the fan base, but experiencing that, I'm sure we'll get comments about that specifically. But if anything, in my mind, more so the players are thinking, okay, this environment's going to be crazy rather than I feel so good to be the one to break that drought. No, that's
1: fair. That's fair. What's your biggest question about this team headed into the playoffs?
3: Uh, The same thing that. The question has been for the last, I don't know, five years. Yeah, and I guess it wasn't a playoff conversation before, but it is defense. Mm -hmm. And it's, does a shortened, like, also what sort of changes with the rotation? Is Kessler Edwards going to be a part of that? I think that a lot of right now is a trial period Mm. to see, you know, what can he give you? They talked, Mike Brown talked after, I think last game it was, or prior to the game, that, like, we wish Laurie Markin was playing in Utah so we could have tried to put him on that, on him. We saw him with Mikael Bridges. We saw it with Bradley Beal. So they're trying to test his lineup versatility or his defensive versatility. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if he'll be in the rotation come postseason. He's obviously one of their better defenders, but can he do enough on the offensive end? It it really does come down to defense, though, because being top 10 in fourth quarter defense sounds great, but... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know how to look at
1: that. I, I think it's a really good thing, to be honest, because it shows you they get locked in. They're mm-hmm. able to do some things down the stretch of a game. But, you know, playoff time's different. I mean, I've had this conversation with people on our Discord, and it's like they're going to target Sabonis. Like, we see yeah. it every – how many times we see in the playoffs where these some of these bigs are not known at defending in space. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gobert's a great example. They're going to go on it, and they want Sabonis out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it Get him in foul trouble. Yeah, that's and it right there. Who's Mike Brown going to? Is Mike Brown going to Metsu? Oh, God. Don't is, make me think about this. Is dish. he going to Trey Lyles? You know, like, these are the questions that are going to be interesting. I mean, that that's what you start looking at playoff wise. I do think Sabonis has done a much better job defensively this year. I actually mm-hmm. think he, he busts his ass out there. He's not going to be blocking shots all the time. Mm-hmm. We know this. It, it, it could be challenging, especially if someone's attacking him in the paint. He's not that long. But I think overall he's been pretty good defensively. I do too. I it to me it's harder that I
3: think is really going to mm. get targeted. I think we've seen that a lot and yeah. even to an extent like I'm curious how much Keegan Murray's able to do. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of the X factor in my mind defensively. He's the one they're putting on
1: Devin Booker. That's the you thing. Know. Why are you putting him on Devin Booker? Yeah. I, I don't understand that one. You because know what's your other option? Um, at this point De'Aaron? I think well H-B-D. and that's the thing. I and this is what's so tough for the Kings with where they're at from a personal sta- personnel standpoint. I think De'Aaron could do a really good job on Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. The question is, Is do you want him to Mm -hmm. use all that energy, chasing around Devin Booker, making life hard? That's where you you have to kind of weigh that if you're Sacramento. But, I mean, I I think Fox has shown the ability to to defend guys that are even bigger than him. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, to go with the Booker example,
3: then it's like, okay, what's happening with CP3, right? And that's a specific example where it's just an elite backcourt. But I guess there's a couple teams in the West that you kind of face that sort of trouble. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, and I think that De'Aaron, that would be the next step, right? Is if he can show that he can lock up for that long, because he has great defensive moments. He's been cookies from people taking, taking, uh, getting steals and running out on the He's other been great end, easy this year, buckets. Adam. He has, but primarily in the fourth quarter, yeah, in my mind. And it's like if you can do that all game long, I don't think it's one of those like, are you okay with him exerting all that effort on one end, and then what does that mean for the other? It's like no, you need him to do that in my mind.
1: One interesting note from last game, Metu was not on the rotation. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. they put him in late in the game after it was a blowout. They went Trey Lyle's small ball five. And I I feel like that is probably the move. Of course, matchups matter and all that. I I think that's probably their best option. I'm not saying it's a perfect option, but I think Trey Lyle's small ball five makes more sense than Metu at times. I've been aboard
3: that for a little while. I yeah. think that Chris is the same, if I'm not mistaken. We've talked about that before. right? That's right. that's right. That's right. How dare I forget? I'm yeah. a Trey Bay as well, Thank I you. guess is what I'm Thank saying you here. For, yeah. And I also think that how many minutes is Domas not playing in the postseason? Yeah. Is he playing I mean. 42 minutes? 40? <laughs> he's 42? trending that well, way. Like, honestly,
1: <laughs> I think he can. I think he's a guy. And that's the one area where I, I'm interested to see how they kind of – um distribute minutes down the stretch of the season. Chris was talking about this yesterday. It's just like, do they short minutes a little bit? You know, Sabonis has been playing heavy minutes in with Fox, mm-hmm. but those guys are conditioned. I yeah. think they're ready to go. They're ready. And you know, something the Celtics talked about is this season was that maybe last year, they didn't play their guys enough during the regular season come playoff mm-hmm. time when they're being asked, right. they're asking Tatum to go out there and play 40 right. of intense basketball how is he going to handle sure. things? And they felt like they got tired down the stretch, where Sacramento, their guys have played some pretty heavy minutes. And they practice a lot. That's a lot.
3: the thing. They've yeah. talked about that. But I yeah. almost wonder if that helps what your what your point is, that they yeah. are extremely well-conditioned. Yeah. Right. And you get more days off in between. You're not dealing with stupid back-to-backs, five games, seven nights, or any of this BS in, right. in the postseason. So it'll be interesting to also see what their sort of practice schedule looks like in between that. But I'm with you. I think those guys are in great shape, and, and you have to rely on them. Because they're they're the guys they're everything yeah. to this team yeah. they're gonna you're going as far as those guys take you
1: we'll talk more about it coming up next we gotta take a break on the radio side but we're always live at youtube.com/sacktownsports 1140 Deuce Mason Chris Watkins and Brendan Nunes here on Sacktown Sports.
0: now on youtube.com slash 1140. Or listen for free on the
1: Sackdown Sports app. Kings are back at practice today. Having a day off. Hopefully they're rested, ready to go. What a brutal stretch that was for them. Five games and seven nights. But they take on the Phoenix Suns on Friday at Golden 1 Center. It's going to be a jam-packed day of basketball too. You got Stockton, the uh, Kings G League team. The Kings will be playing at Golden 1 Center 11 a.m. Bobby Jackson's squad is rolling right Bobby now. Jackson. Number one, best record in the G League, too. So the Kings yeah. organization playing some winning ball right now right. with Sacramento in the number three spot. Stockton uh, number one overall in the G League, so that's cool to see. No uh,
3: playoff drought for Stockton?
1: They, the playoff they have, yeah. It's oh, been a few they years. Do? Oh, they uh, made it the first year. Okay. Haven't been back since. Wow. Well, they had that one COVID year that they didn't right. participate yeah, they in. Didn't do the tr- yeah. uh, one of the seasons got shortened. Last year, they didn't make it. Right. So, yeah, the, wow. the drought is over. All right.
2: right. Your guy, Keon Ellis, man. Oh, yeah. Hey,
1: Culture Keon changing. Ellis, man. I'm telling you. His
2: offensive game has been really impressive in Stockton.
1: Yeah. Fit, believe, you know, yeah. he's fifth in three-point percentage. I cannot believe Ooh. that. 46% from three this yeah.
3: year. A little bit of passing now. I know. Passing. That was, was Brendan's. Before. Yeah. yeah. Brendan's the beat. defense is what I love. Dude. Yeah. The
1: guy, I mean, he must have had unofficially... Five deflections that's in the first half. He the feels first like half.
2: a big deflection guy, right? And Mike is—that's yep. like Mike Brown's thing—is deflection. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like him. Know, I like him. You think next year he gets some uh, at least a shot? Inside? I do. Yeah. I mean, I
1: don't see how you could not give right. him a shot. Yeah, I definitely do. Especially, I mean, you think about the Kings' free agents. I know we're <laughs> we're ways away yeah. from this, yeah. but you know, if Terrence Davis is gone,
2: right? There's a spot. He's a free agent. Spot minutes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Kings and Suns coming up on Friday. Um, I was telling him at the first segment of the show, buckle up. Oh, Monty yeah. Williams came out yesterday after that loss this. and was upset. He had one statement and then walked away. No questions I from the know, media. That, that's terrible. He dropped the wow, look at the free throw disparity. The Lakers <laughs> shot forty six free throws. That's
4: pretty crazy. I'm the not Suns lie.
1: the Suns are gonna get some calls on Friday. I just um how do you feeling about that game on Friday?
3: I feel pretty good. I think a lot of what scares me with the Suns, not a lot, but an underrated or at least under talked about aspect is DeAndre Ayton. I I think Mm -hmm. that DeAndre Ayton is a very good center, especially on the defensive end, and and then does the little things of setting screens and everything. I think kind of been not trained feels like a disrespectful word, but helped learn the nuances of that from Chris Paul and all Mm -hmm. that. Um, but that's a guy that I think does match up okay with Sabonis. But if he's not there, which it sounds like he won't be, I do feel better about that. That's what I
1: was going to say. I know he's missed yeah. the last two games. I think it he didn't, didn't like... travel
3: with them on the trip. Oh.
2: Do you know who has played in place? Oh. Bismack of... Biambo. Shout out to Bismack, Bismack yeah, Biombo. Yeah, dude. I'm Sacramento King legend.
1: Just stop it.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know? They, they <laughs> took Bismack Biombo, uh like and g- gi- traded him for Jimmer. It was Jimmer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the picks were No, not really. Like He was technically the seventh pick. The kings traded seven for ten and John Salmons, I think.
1: Here's a here's a random question, speaking of the draft. Are you guys a little uneasy about what Jaden Harden's Jaden Hardy's doing with Dallas right now? It
2: hurts me every time, Deuce. It hurts me every time. Last night he had twenty seven, he knocks down shots, he's good ball handler.
3: I texted uh, Christopher Frankie yesterday saying I'm just watching Jaden Hardy and Dante Divincenzo go back and forth in this game right now, and I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean there is things you there. I, I did that. hear that like there was concerns when it came to the interview process with Jaden Hardy, um, but. He's absolutely balling, man. And nobody expected it to be this quick. He was like a long-term mm-hmm. project. He didn't play well on the Ignite. He actually played atrocious
1: on he the Ignite. He was not. I'll say this. I was so excited when I saw him for the first time going into that game mm-hmm. because I called one of his games against Stockton. And, you know, he's one of the top prospects. Right. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to see him. And then as I watched him and I kept an eye on him, I'm like, man, he has not been good this year. He was year. kind of a
2: gunner, wasn't he? For uh, Totally yeah. and, and
1: inefficient. But you also have to go, all right, he is young. You're you take a chance on him. the Kings. Obviously, drafted him, traded his rights to Dallas, and you know he had 27 last yeah. night and um, 20 the game before that.
2: Do you count, is that going to count against Monty McNair's exec of the? <laughs>
1: it
2: year? It should teams? not count against exec of the year, but you know at the same time you're,
1: you you try to go like this. All right, is Jay and Hardy impactful for the Kings this year? Probably not, and probably not. But the other thing is too, you have to. We talk about making moves on the fringes, like some of the moves that he has made, with like Trey Lyles and mm-hmm. Terrence Davis and uh, Kessler Edwards. You know, that's a guy that you, you take maybe in the second round. You just kind of stash him and you develop know. him, and maybe he can be a thing yeah. long term.
2: Yeah, and I think they, they traded him for cash, if I'm not mistaken, as well. It's just, it was, an, it was weird in the, I remember in the moment thinking do, it was really I do strange. I think they got two seconds. Oh, okay.
3: I think it was that's a later pick
2: they traded for cash. Interesting. Oh, okay. I believe Yeah, so. they did. They did have two two second-round picks last year. Um, it's also like uh, you I mean, can't – You got them for pretty much nothing. I the always not
1: love round. when we get super critical over second-round picks too because I'm like, bro, oh, he won the second round. Yeah. Like are, we, are all the teams yeah. that didn't take Jokic, should we fire all those right. executives who yeah. missed on Jokic? Right. What what, what that look, Brendan? Uh, that Jemias Ramsey went crazy the other day. By
3: the way, <laughs> I just he? remembered this. Yes, I saw it. He had like a thirty-some point game. He had a career high, and I felt like it was just my moment to have one word on it, and that's <laughs> all I got. Ramsey. That's baby. all I got. Brendan he went, went, went crazy the, the other day. Bob Woodard and
1: Jemias Ramsey yes, were and his they're both guys. Balling, I'm telling you, in o- the G League, in OKC, right? Yeah, OKC Blue. OKC Blue. Yeah, yeah. For real. <laughs> Jemias right. gets him up, man. Oh yeah, oh, yeah he he gets him up. He yeah, 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 lets it fly. He's so young
2: too. It's kind of I don't know. I. I I understand why we like I mean, you know whatever yeah. it feels like you can kind of find those guys every year but I, it's it, it has it's definitely been a thing that they just keep the, Xavier Tillman's another example of I can't remember if Monty drafted him or if it was Vlade, yeah, but I but it's just a Would lot they, of second round it feels like the second round picks we keep are generally not the ones we should you
1: know you take chances I guess i mean that first year he took a chance but yeah. like since then he really know. hasn't, I guess. I mean, Namias me, yeah. Nami is Kata. Kata. yeah. Kata, yeah. Kata's and has been solid. You know, it's really interesting. It's I, I'm wondering what they're going to do with him over the offseason because... You kind
2: of have to make a decision, he's, right? He's intriguing.
1: Yeah. He is. But, like, I don't know. Do you have to make... Are you going to give him a standard contract? Is he... Yeah, he and, and the Kings, the it seems like all their bigs are free agents except, you know, Sabonis, obviously, and Holmes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on the front, like, Lenz, a free agent. Is not yeah. met to a free mm-hmm. agent? So...
2: Maybe he can play that Alex Len role next year, but what even is I that just, role?
1: I see his potential. I think he's gotten better this year. His first year was tough to judge because I didn't think the Kings yeah. handled it well. They brought him up way too often with the mm-hmm. with yeah. the big club, and mm-hmm. he wasn't getting. He needed to play, and mm-hmm. now he's playing this year. You know, foul trouble can be a thing with him, yeah. but yeah. I don't it feels know.
2: like mobility too. Just general mobility. he moves pretty well. He does like, move really. I feel like he's trimmed out a lot. Yeah. I mean, or I mean not trimmed out, but just like he's he looks yeah. a lot more cut now. Um but yeah that's that's really my biggest concern with him is just like how does he do in the pick and roll though I did I watched a guys broadcast the other day and uh he he doing a little perimeter defense it's
1: yeah they he, switch with him Yeah it's not they yeah that's it was the uh, only thing my only yeah but on that is uh-huh. NBA that's the thing right? guards, yeah. some of these a guards bit different. would eat him lot. Sure yeah and but I think I like that's him. a big concern yeah. yeah So yeah Kings and sons coming up on um Friday, I'm eager to see what it looks like, especially after a day off. Are you you concerned after back to back losses? or Are you just like, "Eh, no, not
3: really? Like, I'll, I feel like every once in a while, you just have to forgive one of them. And that's where I was at with the Utah game. And then Boston, like, that's, you could look at that at the beginning of this year, look at the schedule and be like, that one's probably a loss.
1: Yeah. It was almost a perfect recipe, too, or a perfect storm for Boston. I just found
3: out Boston spent like, two, three days in Napa previously. That's Richard, how long they had off. Well, they
1: had all their, like, wives and girlfriends on that on that final trip. Yeah, yeah they brought them out, and they went wine tasting. and.
3: Meanwhile, the Kings are in four different time zones
1: in five days, seven days. Boston was on vacation. Yeah, they came back and were like, oh, we got to lock in now. Let's focus. We got to make a push here. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brendan, I hey, appreciate you hanging out. I know King's Practice is coming up, too. Yeah. Um, you're the man for coming in for a bit. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah Check out Brendan. Do Brenda, you have any work that's coming out soon that we should be aware of?
3: Nothing specific. I'll just say Kings Pulse podcast. I did an all NBA uh, little run through on my last one. Hell yeah! I need to
4: Ooh, catch up uh, on it.
1: Yeah. All you right, De'Aaron
3: Kings... and Sabonis in there. I did actually did end up getting them in there. It was close. De'Aaron's a tough one. Yeah, it's And not tough. I just found out Anthony Davis played every single one of his minutes at center. If
1: Anthony Davis gets the dot over Sabonis, can you He's imagine not. the outrage? He's not. There's a world. How many? How many games? There's a you world. If he hasn't played, we talked to Chris Miles yesterday. Yeah, the sixty-five game mark is pretty important to me. You know,
3: I looked. I looked at what last year the lowest amount of games somebody played made it fifty-five. Wow. Kevin Durant fifty-six for LeBron and fifty-seven for John Morant. All of those guys made the team. Oh, then it's a wrap.
1: AD's played forty-seven games. You're not getting in. I
3: don't. He's think got he's like nine more that. though.
1: He's not getting in. I, I swear to in. you.
3: I don't think so either. But I just realized that it's a possibility,
1: and <laughs> I can only imagine the outrage. There would be. Major outrage. All right, we'll talk some more coming up. A lot of hoops to talk about coming up next hour. Officiating was a big topic last night in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about next. Deuce and Moe. Chris Watkins in with me. It's Sackdown Sports 1140. Deuce and Mo. On Sattown Sports. It's Deuce Mason, Chris Watkins. Here until 2 p.m. Then we got Kettles and Rami. We are just talking about during the break, different ideas. Like, hey, could they shut down Capitol Mall and put like a big screen out there for playoff games? They got to do something big. I mean, this is,
2: huge. this is a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like the top of one of the Doco parking lots or something. Put a, I don't know, have an area. They they gotta do something. Like there's so much real estate for them to do. And then even K Street, K Street's perfect. I'm sure they'll have a ton of things going on down there. It's just like it, it's they did a great job building Doco, and and this is exactly why they they built it is for big events like this a potential moment. playoff series.
1: This yeah. moment. Um. I was bringing this up before the break. NBA awards season, obviously, is getting a lot of conversation from the MVP race. That's super tight. Um, John Hollinger wrote a piece today on The Athletic, and he was talking about Rookie of the Year, MVP, and he got to Coach of the Year. He says, don't get me wrong. What Brown has done in Sacramento has been amazing, and he is a worthy contender for the award. But... Can we talk about the fact that Blank is 36 and 36? Who do you think he is pushing Whoa. as a candidate? Who do you think other than oh Mike Brown gosh. is he pushing as a candidate? While you think about that, here's yeah. what Chris Miles had to say with us yesterday on the Coach of the Year race.
5: The narrative for Mike Brown is strong, and I think it might have like peaked a little early for voters. I'm not saying how I feel. I'm saying I'm trying to get in the yeah. mind yeah. of the guys I know that vote and what they say to me and what they might say in this situation. So I think it's, it's a, it's a two man race, Taylor Jenkins and Mike Brown. I think Mike Brown, like you said, 16 year drought, the longest drought in the four major professional American sports. Right. And a team that was just not on the radar coming into the season that no one expected. And a team Right, That didn't make a, a major addition during the season. Right, It's not like they went and got someone in the offseason. That's like, that player is the reason. No, it's the coach. That is the difference between this year and last year. So I think that all of those things point to what you're saying. And I think there's just going to be two guys. And it depends on what narrative you like more uh, and who you vote for.
1: So there he is making a case for Taylor yeah. Jenkins. The name John Hollinger brought up, Mark Dagnall. Oklahoma City oh, I, Thunder. I
2: was like, I have no idea who OKC's coach is, but I bet it's what, him. What are we doing?
1: What are we doing? Are we over yeah. we're overthinking this? It's Mike Brown. Yeah. Don't sell me on hit peaked here or peaked there. Mike Brown has taken a team that Vegas thought would win like 32, 33 games, bumped it up to thirty five. And they are going to not only be in the playoffs. They're going to have a top three seed. They're going to have home court advantage in the first round. They're going to have potentially two all NBA players. They had two all-stars this year. He's changed the culture. It's Mike Brown.
2: It's Mike Brown. I mean, like, if if your best argument for the OKC coach, and it was kind of the same for Will Hardy, is, oh, yeah, they overperformed expectation, like you just said. This is a Kings team that was projected 32 wins. This is a Kings team that's 16-year playoff drought. And like Morgan likes to say, it's not like they're barely squeezing in, like right. an OKC, like a Utah. We're having playoff conversations right now with ten games to
1: go. We're having a conversation about how far the Kings can yeah. go in the playoffs. You know that
2: conversation that the Lakers were apparently having about <laughs> positioning themselves yeah. into—that's the conversation we're having now. <laughs> so yeah, I don't—I I don't, I don't want to hear any other person for Mike or for Coach of the Year. You know, it, it's just it just is Mike Brown. Like you can't have, especially narrative wise, a better story, a better fit than what Mike Brown has, has done this
1: year. He has helped take De'Aaron Fox to another level. Right. He has put Sabonis in a position to play to his strengths. Yeah. He's got complete buy-in. Right. His coaching staff's legit. I know that it's not just him, but he's obviously a huge reason why they are where they are right, right. now. And for a team that has not been able to find a legitimate head coach, really, since Rick Adelman, yeah. right? In right. Our six, I mean, 100%. they had Malone, who I thought, you know, Malone's a great he would coach. Have figured it out. I like Jaeger. Uh, you know, I think he's yeah. a good coach. I don't know if he connected with yes. players well. But besides that, it was a revolving door. And it mm-hmm. wasn't always the coach's fault. But it's clear Mike Brown has something that this organization has lacked for years. Yeah. Accountability, mm-hmm. culture, relationships. Those things matter mm-hmm. more than ever in today's game and he's checked all the boxes. Like yeah. it, I, I to me like the fact that this is even a conversation I'm stunned. Like to me, it's it's an example of NBA pundits just trying to come up with something to talk about, right. because this one is not even a conversation. It's just
2: not even a conversation. That's the thing. Except like, we just made it a conversation. Except we yeah, just yeah, made it a conversation sure. because we oh. are also a part of the machine. So we're doing
1: the same thing they are. Yeah, N-
2: quite literally the yeah, same okay, thing. We're just okay. arguing for a different person. But um, it's I you know yeah it's it's not a conversation. The only conversation that I would listen to is yeah like Michael Malone, somebody who's but the uh, the thing that works against him is previous success which is funny because um, it's not really about a year i don't know it, it's weird it's 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 mike brown's award that's that's the end of the conversation there is there is nobody else someone's saying that. they
1: should rename the award to the mike <laughs> brown award right
2: like mike Brown. i feel like they should rename the clutch award to the deer and fox clutch Ooh. award
1: that mean, he's getting that happen. for sure
2: how many kings are gonna win awards here
1: i mean i think Sabonis is getting some top five mvp voting yeah. to, votes too Do, where are you at with this mvp race it's you tough. know I do like that River Doc Rivers and, and Michael Malone have kind of come out recently and brought up the point of hey, we can have this conversation about who we think is MVP Embiid, Giannis, yes. and, and Jokic are the prime candidates, right? Those are the three I yes, think definitely. We don't have to, like, tear each guy down. It doesn't have to be about something bad,
2: something yeah. that this guy somebody does else does, does better. Bad. Yeah, exactly. No. it's not. A, yeah, because that's a big thing with Jokic is people are like, yeah, his offense is generational, crazy. These numbers are ridiculous. But his defense is terrible. And here's all the reasons why his defense affects why he shouldn't win MVP when it's like, okay, sure. But, like, this guy's also doing everything offensively.
1: I don't think Jokic wins it this year. I don't year. either. I think it's, his reign is okay. over. I think th- he's had a great year. Yeah. The numbers back that up. The yeah. advanced numbers love Jokic. Mm-hmm. He's so important, obviously, to what they do, and they're still like the number one seed, which right. is crazy. They Have been yeah.
2: for since I think December. Yeah, they've owned it for yeah. a while
1: now. Um, but I, I think they're like late season, kind of inconsistent mm-hmm. play. Yeah, when has the other guys have down. gone. they both. Uh, ass- I mean, yeah. the Sixers got off to a twelve and twelve start. Right, they've been on fire, yeah. and Embiid's putting up monster numbers. Right. I think Giannis what he's done this year especially with their kind of inconsistent lineups mm-hmm. he's been pretty special. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he's elevated that Bucks team to the number 1 spot in the East and I think it is it feeling like it is starting to close in being a two man race. I looked at their numbers yesterday and uh Embiid and Jokic or I'm sorry Embiid and Giannis both are having better numbers than they had in pre- like this is the best statistical seasons of both of their careers. Um, and you can argue that maybe you know Embiid should have won or, or had a, a case to win last year. He led the league in uh, in points per game last year as well as this year, um, and they gave it to Jokic last year. So maybe there could be a little bit of that of of okay, it's it's his turn now, and Jokic already has his two, and uh, Giannis has his two, and you know it, it could be it it should be I think Embiid's turn. I think that's mm. kind of where I'm starting to fall on this is you just can't at some point you just can't look look down at the numbers. He's got 33 points per game. He's I think at 12 re, or just under 12 rebounds a game. He he does a little bit of everything and he's just so dom- like he is one of the most dominant players I think I've ever seen. He's like up there with Shaq in terms of just like I don't know what you do with him because he's an elite post player, but then he also has the ability to he's a three-level scorer. He can really score from anywhere uh and I just don't know who can stop him.
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to Embiid versus Giannis yeah. at this point. Those are the two. Mm-hmm. And I am interested to see how it plays out. I don't like I get I to the point with the award so season good. where I'm not going to be like, I can't believe this yeah. guy won it That's because exactly it's not that easy. This yeah. is a legit MVP race mm-hmm. that we've kind of seen the last couple of years at right. times, you know? Yeah. So, um I do feel like
2: default I feel like writers tend to go to best player, best team though. And that at the moment is Giannis. Yeah. I don't know. It's I and it's a fair case, I mean, for sure. Like you said, Giannis is, has, with the instability of, of what Milwaukee has gone through this season, Middleton's been in and out of the lineup. It's It's been a lot of Giannis carrying them on his shoulders. And he, I mean, it's also the conversation of who, who do you think right now is the best individual player? Forget season, forget everything else. Who, if you had to say, is the best player in the NBA right now, who would you say it is?
1: I'm going with Giannis, man. I think so too. I think he does it on both ends. And I know like there's parts of his game that aren't great, right? Mm-hmm. He's not the perfect player. And right. that's where we start doing the nitpicking thing. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing about this race is just the fact that it's three bigs. That's true. Three foreigners as well. That's awesome. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: a lot of I've heard a lot of talk about how, yeah, the NBA this is what the NBA wants as well. Like they they've made huge efforts to expand the game and make it big in Africa and in Europe that's and a China great point. and India. And now we're seeing the, the fruits of that, you know, with, with the three MVP candidates right now all not being American at all. You
1: know? We could talk about the MVP race. Uh, also, we got to get into the controversy of the NBA last night. It was not a good night for officiating. Mm-hmm. And the Mavs did something last night that was embarrassing. We'll talk about it. It's Ooh. Deuce and Mo with Chris Watkins here on Sactown Sports 1140.
0: Deuce and Mo
1: on your local sports leader.
0: Set Town Sports.
1: Joining us in studio, coming up next hour, Deuce Mason alongside Chris Watkins. Morgan is off today; she's doing some work with NBC Sports California, doing an interview with King's assistant Lindsay Harding. So that's why she's not here today. Uh, we'll be back full strength coming up on Monday. We are off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because we got Stockton Kings at 11 a.m., so Chris Watkins will be hanging out with Kyle Drapes. Chris, the Drapes. drapes got to be excited for some playoff basketball. Gotta be right. Like, yeah. I mean he's he's
2: been accustomed to playoff basketball with with the teams he's covered, so I'm sure he's.
4: So he's probably too spoiled. He doesn't. Yeah, appre- exactly. Does he, he not appreciate it. No, exactly. no, he doesn't appreciate it. He just <laughs> last, appreciate it. last year he's just like, oh, thank God I could take a vacation. Right, exactly. He's like, like, yeah. Ugh, he's April.
1: like, oh, I get done in April. Yeah. Usually I go to it's like May, nice, maybe June. No, but you know, last year probably bugged him, though, seeing the Celtics go that far. Oh, because, I'm sure, you know, Yeah, he was
2: like... So, oh, you I guys go there? When that's got to be the worst, yeah. kind of. <laughs> but I know
1: he's feeling the vibes of Sacramento. Like, for sure. I wonder where his
2: allegiance is. Li- like, what, where, How do you think he rooted on Tuesday? I think... Like in a Kings Celtics?
1: I think it's uh, Kings, for yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Like, It's I mean, got to be who... That's who, the thing. He currently paying in your Boston. Checks. Like, I think he's, yeah, exactly. he's got friendships. I think he roots on Boston to right. do well. I don't know. Maybe for him it was like whatever. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hope he... You know, I like to thank you to the Kings. Yeah. Screw everybody else. Yeah. But, like, dude, people come from different parts of the country. Like, exactly. It's just how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, the NBA last night was so fascinating because officiating was a huge story. And I feel like we, as fans, tend to complain about officiating a lot. But the Dallas Mavericks are filing a <laughs> protest after losing to the Warriors last night 127 to 125 because of a play that happened at the end of the third quarter. Yes, they are protesting the entire game because of something that happened at the end of the third quarter. Coming out of a timeout, Gavon Looney had an easy open duck on an inbounds play that social media is like, what the hell happened? There was a minute 56 to go in the third quarter. The Mavs thought they had possession. They were lined up on their side on offense, at the, on their offensive end of the court. And the Warriors were like, okay, we inbound. The Mavs were a little sleepy. They fell asleep yeah. down there. They didn't notice that the official had the ball underneath the other basket. They inbound, easy jam, and uh, Mark Cuban was not happy about it. He mm-hmm. tweeted after the or during the game, I feel like, yep. saying that the referees had initially said it was Mavs ball. The PA guy said the same thing. A timeout was then called. During the timeout, the official changed the call and never told us, Mark Cuban wrote. Then, when they saw us line up as if it were our, our ball, he just gave the ball to the Warriors, never said a word to us, they got an easy basket, crazy that would be, would matter in a two-point game. He went on to call it the worst officiating non-call mistake possibly in the history of the NBA. He said all they had to do was tell us, and they did not. After the game, uh, the crew chief, Sean Wright, disputed Cuban's account saying the referees originally signaled it was Golden State's ball. Quote, there there is a second signal, but the signal was for a mandatory timeout that was due to the Mavs. So they're protesting the game. Mm. A couple of things here. I do agree with Cuban on this the officials couldn't just wave and be like, oh, hey, come here, come here, guys. No, it's their ball. Why would you inbound like that? I I think that is ridiculous, and I understand the frustration of allowing that to happen, but to file a protest, you lost the game. That play happened in the third quarter. You're going to tell me that game decided, that play decided everything? If that happened at the end of the game with two seconds to go, sure, but not with a minute 50-something to go.
2: Did you see how that game ended, by the way? It was a five-point game. right. And, and they then hit a three. they hit a three as the clock expires, then making it a two-point game, then making this relevant, which also is like, you know, I don't know. It's just all of it feels dirty. And, I'm, and of course, the last team to uh, protest the result, Dallas Mavericks.
1: Dallas Mavericks. The Kings protested back in the day, if you remember, in 2014, Kings Grizzlies, the, the tip Oh, the Ryan Hollins. Ryan tip? Hollins. Yeah. Yeah, which they, he definitely tipped. He definitely tipped. That,
4: that game is pretty uh, famous. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Infamous, yeah. if you will, yeah. Yeah, that's I, the uh that's the calf game
1: that's when you hurt your calf running <laughs> i was Dude. like
2: uh is there somewhere else yeah, that's yeah, this yeah.
1: yeah i tore my calf he tore your calf at the station yeah and he cheering he thought it was he thought i did something to him i thought he kicked me in the leg and he's like, oh deuces yelled my name and it's like no it was i didn't do anything
2: <laughs> what yeah. This happened like because of that play as well?
4: No, this is oh, okay. like this was during the game. It was early That's on. Right. What you did he don't, left. I had to he leave. leave. <laughs> yeah. What happened? I had to, go I to mean, hospital.
2: Did, well, no, no, no. How did you tear your calf?
4: What were you doing because they had bad um they had bad um, weather out there. So this is back in the day where we had to go like run back to where our ISDN was. Yeah, you had to go so connect was, with like, the city. I was like running back and forth to connect and then, bam!
2: That's what they say happens Towards. with your Achilles. Is like it feels like That's somebody stepped. Yeah, is they said they always are like, "Oh, it felt like somebody like stepped on my right. the back of my heel," and then you just like have no integrity. That's that is nuts. I I did not know that. If, See, if yeah. it
4: happened here, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. you'd be done. Yeah, we don't yeah. have an elevator or anything. <laughs> yeah, like you could definitely, toast. you
2: can probably sue the company actually.
1: So Mark Cuban's saying oh, we're going to protest the game. Dude, you know what it is Mark Cuban's frustrated because his star player, Luka, is completely out of shape. <laughs> they traded for Kyrie Irving. He, he had it in his head. He had it in his head that they were going to propel up the Western Conference standings. Yeah. And now his team is nothing more than a team fighting for uh, play in to... positioning. I mean, he's... Oh, and by the way, they had a guy in Jalen Brunson who's an absolute stud. Right. Who's balling and bringing the Knicks back to relevance yet in mm. dallas with his star the prodigy luca <laughs> they're fighting for a play in spot yeah. that's what he's mad at this is not about this play with a minute 56 right. to go in the third quarter it's embarrassing that he's even trying to protest this it is embarrassing yeah
2: like that was my thing too is like what's what's the end goal here what do you, what's what's the result that's going to come of this like i feel like the best case scenario is they somehow meet back up and like play an overtime period. I, I just, I'm not sure what you do with.
1: Yeah. What did you just go replay from yeah. a minute 56 on?
4: No. You also that, yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. What do you do with that? That's what you do. That that's ridiculous. Here's what Steve Kerr had to say about that play.
0: Number one, it was my best ATO of the year. Um, it was it Worked
2: brilliantly. Just the way we got organized and uh, confused them. I, I had to stop. And when I saw them at the other end, I had to stop and think, wait, aren't we, isn't this our basket? Because I had drawn
1: up a play for an out-of-bounds, you know, underneath baseline out-of-bounds. And when they were down at the other end, I got, I had to stop and think, you know, is this right? And
2: uh, so I I don't know what happened. You'd have to ask their side. Uh, I thought it was pretty clear that it was our ball. And that's why I was drawing up a play, you know, out-of-bounds on the baseline.
1: But they all lined up at the other end. I guess they assumed it was uh, their ball.
2: I disagree with you, dude. I, I again, like, I just think it wouldn't have been very hard for the refs to just simply. That's be like, where it's at. Yeah. Hey guys, like, just so you know, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, would you guys? Hey
1: guys, come here. Yeah. We're we're playing here's the, the thing,
4: game. Here's the thing, though. If they thought it was their ball, why are they on the opposite side of the ball? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, they, they, were they not paying attention where the actual ball was yeah, at right,
1: that point? But true. no, right. I get that. But if you're the officials, like, hey guys, come here. Like what?
2: So I guess like also the PA announcer said over over the PA that uh it was. Denver's ball. Yeah, that some PA guys aren't then,
1: locked in like Scott Moke yeah, is locked you know. in and knowing exactly what's happening during the game. Right, That's a PA mistake for that sure. Is.
2: Yeah, might have an opening yeah. for, a, for a PA position. Um, but that wasn't yeah. the only
1: play last night, too. At the end of the Hawks game, Hawks-T-Wolves last night, mm-hmm. Oh the, right. the yeah. officials came out after and were like, yeah, we missed the call. Right. Ben Taylor, uh, after the game, who was a crew chief for the game, acknowledge that after the game they missed a game uh, a call on the final play of the game
2: right after giving Carl Anthony Towns a, a foul call as well which was it, it was, was like a
1: movie for yeah, him it
2: was it was like a movie i got fouled they didn't and then there's controversy at the end yeah there's it's been it's been a rough season for referees i feel like how i mean The other day against the Celtics, that was a a tough whistle game. I feel like, I don't know. It just feels like the NBA this season and, you know, there's always going to be complaining about the refs, But this year is just, it's felt really bad. And I've heard people say that there's, there's kind of like a new era of referees that are kind of being brought up right now, where there was like a bunch of legacy refs for a long time that were 20, 30 year vets and they kind of have, just retired and now we're kind of getting a new crop Do you is, is that i that think that's 100 percent
1: yeah. it. it it because i i think some of these officials aren't ready for the big spot and sure. it's one thing to come up and do a college game mm-hmm. high school games they D1. use g league as well as like league for sure yeah, as a proving ground. but i do think there's something one to the speed of the game of the nba mm-hmm. and let's be honest about it you're trying to call a foul lebron james tough yeah calling a foul, Luca, and then these guys are yeah. berating you. Right, you got to be ready for that. You got to be comfortable in your. Skin. You have to be yeah. ready and, and willing to accept that stuff. For sure. And I don't think some of these the, these officials are. After the game, by the way, Ben Taylor was asked why was there not a foul called on Sadiq Bay's last shot in that last possession. Ben Taylor said on post game review, we see it appears that Prince moves back into base space and we should have uh, assessed a foul on the play. <laughs> the follow up and for clarification, was that a landing space or was he making contact? Taylor says looks like from one of the angles that we have that he backs on the uh, rebounding action as the ball is coming down and he is moving backwards into him and delivers a little bit of contact there. So they admit we missed the call. And then last night in the Suns Lakers game. Lakers get 46 free throws and Monty Williams is complaining about yeah. the officials after the game. So, it's been a big topic.
2: Yeah. How many times this year too have we said after the 2-minute report that it's just it doesn't make you feel any better, does it, to just know like the referees especially admitting mistakes? It's it doesn't make it any better and it's just it's it's I hate that. No, last 2-minute so minute report yeah. sucks. It's like why why even have the referees interview if you're not going to give them a legitimate like press conference where people can really grill them and ask them questions i just don't understand the point of of them getting these because it, it is like a private one-on-one with referees after yeah it's the game. a pool it report
1: yeah. yeah yeah and the other thing i would say too screw the line if you're gonna give it the last two minutes give
2: the entire game Give the entire game you imagine going hey yeah.
1: you can only look at the uh, final two minutes yeah. of a box score in the nba yeah. and you have to figure out like <laughs> yeah. oh okay they missed Who that shot well? that was bad <laughs> yeah. you can't figure it out right We'll talk more about uh, officiating, too, today. You can hit us up, 339-1140, 920 1140 Frankie Cardassoli will be joining us next hour. He's at King's practice right now. All of his coverage is at sacktownsports.com And we stay live on the YouTube page, YouTube.com slash SactownSports1140. Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason hanging out with Chris Watkins today. Frankie C., Frankie Cardaselli from SacktownSports.com will be joining us next hour after he gets back from Kings practice today. I yep. think the Kings are feeling good after a day off. Is that all they need? Do you think they're so conditioned to like yeah. having practice all the time that a day off feels like a week off? Yeah, it's
2: got to feel like a week yeah. off. Absolutely, every t- And I'm sure they've had it marked on their calendar for weeks. Yeah, it's got to feel really good. And uh yeah, maybe we get some uh Kevin Herter on Friday, you think? I, that's a good question. I, yeah, they were saying that they were gonna see how how he does on uh on today during today's practice and then tomorrow during shoot around.
1: I think Yeah, I mean if he's good to go, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like don't wait, you need him back. I that's the one guy that I don't think gets the appropriate amount of love mm-hmm. so far in Sacramento. I think fans like him for sure, but yeah. What he means to the offense, what he does for the spacing, um, just his off ball movement, yeah. his relationship with Sabonis, mm-hmm. it opens up everything for the offense. Yeah. And I think there are times, you know, when, when you're starting Kessler Edwards and, you know, Keegan out there, you're, you're relying on two young guys to yeah. make decisions. And you wonder if someone like Kevin Herter would have been better for the Kings going up against that Celtics defense mm-hmm. switching because Herter's seen them before. Um and he, his, his off ball movements pretty strong.
2: Yeah, I definitely was. Th- I I was one of those people who I feel like hasn't appreciated Kevin properly until you you don't know how good you got it until he's mm. gone. And now that he's gone, it's just like you see, you know. Because I think a big reason why people don't think about Kevin's value too much is because we're so deep at that position that you're like, okay, it's okay. Kevin goes down, and I'm guilty of this too because Terrence Davis steps right up. You can start Kessler at where you have other guys. But not having Kevin on the floor, to your point, you see just the things that he does that that nobody else does. The fact that he's able to be such a threat off the ball constantly, and I feel like he, he you know, he he doesn't consistently get those twenty point games, and it is sometimes a little bit hit or miss. But when he's on for this team, it, it's like it's the most dangerous weapon I feel like they have is that is that Demonte Sabonis, Kevin Herter two man game. It feels like when that is when that is humming. It's the the Kings' offense is unstoppable just to, because of all the different counters that Kevin can do off of that. The fact of how much attention it draws for them, and uh, you know, and that that kind of lulls them to sleep, and they they
1: forget about De'Aaron Fox. So if Herder can't go on Friday do you think Brown rolls out the same starting lineup or would you consider maybe Mm. putting TD in there at the, at that two spot or do you want to keep seeing a little more from Kessler?
2: I definitely want to see more from Kessler, but I don't know if starting, if the starting lineup is for him because of, like you said, just the the lack of experience of him and Keegan. I, I don't love that. And you know, I feel like Kessler is a nice piece to bring off the bench and I do like it when they bring out that super defensive lineup of Davion and Kessler Um Terrence, he's just a little bit too inconsistent. I I don't know. I I, I don't really know if there's another option, but I, I I think. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess huh. TD probably yeah probably would get slotted into so, that starting spot. It's very. It's where they've gone most of the season.
1: It's interesting to see how Brown's gonna do things down the stretch because even last game, man, I thought Davion looked awesome. He looked
2: great, and he, he gave him an extended run as well, which I think he 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 did really well with too.
1: Didn't play a lot down the stretch of the game though.
2: No, he didn't, yeah, which was interesting, and I I would kind of criticize him for that. I think Davy when Davion has it going offensively, I think that's when you really need to capitalize on him because you know the the reason why I think you don't play him more is because of his offense, and so if he he does have it going. I feel like you got to run him out. We haven't seen him and Fox play too many minutes so far this season, especially not in, like, an extended run. They'll usually end the first quarter maybe with those two out there. I want to see what those two can do, especially. And I think now is a great time. With with Kevin out, why not mess with with rotations a little bit?
1: Yeah, see what they have together out there. I thought, you know, obviously it makes it challenging because you want the ball in Fox's hands with Sabonis out there. And I think, you know – the, the way they kind of stagger things, especially in the mm-hmm. first quarter, Sabonis and Fox don't play a lot together, yeah. only that first few minutes of the game. Do
2: you like how he staggers them? Because he's been pretty <laughs> consistent with pulling De'Aaron around the six-minute mark, and then there will be Sabonis. Sabonis usually will play for a majority of the first quarter and then get taken out at, like, the one-minute mark when De'Aaron gets subbed back in.
1: I do think – I think Mike – it's a little too rigid mm-hmm. with that type of stuff. Yeah. There are times I'm watching where you know I think you you want to have like your kind of structure, base level sure. structure of hey this is what we typically do, but yeah. adjust during the game. And he does it sometimes for yeah. sure. But you know I think he's much more like hey second half that's when I make it. First half I'm going to stick to what we mm-hmm. do. This yeah, is kind of what we sure. these are our rotations. Yeah. But there's sometimes I'm like no let this guy cook. And I thought last mm-hmm. game he did a much better job of that with Davion in the yeah. first half. I think part of it was. All right, Davion's got this going right now. He's bringing it on both sides, mm-hmm. and oh, we get a rest Fox in the second half exactly. of back to back. Yeah, I'm not sure he does that if they're on full rest. Uh-huh. You know, Davion has had such a challenging time finding any rhythm, yeah. and I think it's hard when you play two, three minute stints to get into that rhythm when right. the ball is not in your hand a lot. Boom and. Um, that that's kind of the challenge i think
2: yeah that's what i've seen from davion just the biggest difference from this and last year is just last year he had the ball in his head, especially that last stretch of the season him and damian jones were running pick and rolls that felt like every single play of every game. Right. and so you know he, he got accustomed to that and he was putting up good numbers when that happened and then you know this season he's pretty much been a glorified spot up shooter it feels like and that's that's if anything, that's that's the worst part of his game is his his shooting ability, and so I, I you know I think it's just been a tough adjustment for him to kind of figure out how to play that much off ball because it does feel like whenever he's able to get like two or three dribbles down, I feel a lot more confident yeah. about his shot.
1: A uh, scout in the chat said, "Did uh, he say TD was inconsistent? TD has been solid as a starter. Edwards is a liability in the starting lineup." No, I mean I think the thing with Terrence Davis, I think what Mike Brown gets frustrated with him. It's falling asleep on defense. Yeah. And I, it's never really an effort thing with Davis. No, I think he gives actually great defense. I think effort. he just has yeah. lapses sometimes yeah. defensively. And Mike Brown's really hard on for that. Hard on shot selection. Mm-hmm. It's a shot fine line. A you know one. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I do think TD's had some amazing moments for this team this year. I would play him more, especially with with Herter out. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he, Brown pretty much, I know we talked about this before, Fox and Sabonis, have a long leash long they're leash. gonna do it and they've been performing at a high they're mm-hmm. all nba players at this point mm-hmm. the rest of the guys sorry yeah. man if you don't have like kevin herter has had stretches where he's played 19 minutes in not a game closes lineups right not in the closing lineup and
2: yeah i think hp really
1: has bad. a longer leash too that's probably the other guy for sure after that they he's gonna pull you if he, you yeah. mess up out i feel like he has a long leash with malik too but that's kind of part that's if
2: anything that's that's kudos to Mike Brown for knowing his players because I think Malik is a guy who needs to have that longer leash yeah. so that he's able to, you get the good, but you also get the bad with Malik. But, yeah, it definitely feels like, I wouldn't say he's playing favorites, but it feels like Mike definitely does have, you know, like Keegan is not getting any slack on anything offensively no, no, or, no. or defensively. Even if Keegan doesn't do something wrong, it feels like Mike will, will take an opportunity to tell him something. But, uh, yeah, it definitely feels like, yeah, hurt her too. He, he has a pretty tight leash on him.
1: All right, next hour, we're expected to catch up with Frankie Cardassoli. I say expected. We just don't know when he's coming in because he's at King's practice. Yep. King's practice, they say, oh, availability is at 1215. Then you walk in at like 137. Okay. So yep. you never know. <laughs> Here's what I do know. We're with you. We, next hour, we got story time with Chris Verla. We've got wait. a ton of topics, including one coming up next. One NBA player explains what he won't do before a game. We'll discuss. Oh, Deuce Mason, Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports. and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Five games in seven nights. It feels like the Kings have been off for three weeks, but they're right back in action coming up Friday when they host the Phoenix Suns. It's Juice Mace alongside Chris Watkins here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Morgan is off today. She is doing an interview for NBC Sports California. That's why she's not here and we're off tomorrow because we have Stockton Kings game. I'm just reminding people who are coming in and out up. before the break I mentioned there's a one player who says he won't do this before the game, before a game. Patrick Beverly on his podcast says, "I don't have sex the night before games. I want to have fresh legs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wifey is going to kill me." <coughs> I know I call cat captain cringe or corny. Yeah. Come on.
2: That's pretty captain cringe right there.
1: What do you say? Yeah. Do you m- number one? Do you believe him when he says that? Do you think? Do I, believe I don't that do it before present. games.
2: Um,
1: yeah, sure, I believe him. But do you think it's intentional or it's just like, hey, dude, you're, you're like you're in a long term relationship. It's <laughs> I, a, it doesn't happen every night. We uh, know this.
2: <laughs> I definitely could see. Certain NBA, or certain athletes, not even NBA, I bet, I guarantee, I guarantee this sounds like it's straight from J.J. Watt, honestly. It's,
4: this is like... It's big in boxing.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it's it, big in boxing. I did hear Jake it, Paul use this as an excuse for why he lost Yeah, I
1: mean, day. like, <laughs> boxing, UFC, they're like, hey, what's... Do- yeah, God, I mean, you gotta be, Ugh, Testosterone's got
4: to be at full uh, peak. Uh,
1: no Morgan
4: dude show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know it, that's getting saved, right? <laughs>
2: Uh, I is like is there any science behind that? Even is there? No, it probably isn't. And Patrick Beverly
1: talking about it, I'm like, oh, I already don't believe you, right? Yeah, yeah. Because... I definitely thought it was gonna be like it's going so to hard. the bathroom
2: or something like that. Like, no. oh, I don't poop before games or something. Uh,
1: Did like... you? Do you ever have any like nervous things before? I don't know a big a yeah. big thing coming up. The nervous poops. People get the nervous poops. Do you? It's
2: probably just good to get that out of the way. You know, I wouldn't want to like be an hour two or something and then have a two minute break and then have to have to squeeze that out, not in. Um no, I don't really have many I'm not a big superstition guy. Like I just I get nervous and I deal with it and I usually find that like once you're once you're in it it's kind of over.
1: But. I don't know how true this is about Bill Russell, but I remember reading a story about him. I was just trying to look it up too that he would get so worked up before games that he would throw yeah, up. Yeah, he before. would throw up. Yeah, yeah. i heard that.
2: I I can understand that. I have a really sensitive stomach, but I, I could definitely understand throwing up out of nerves. But that's – I don't know. Like, that's pretty – That you have to be, like, shaking to throw up out
1: of nerves, right? Like, that's, can that's imagine getting that jacked before game? I'm so nervous. We're, yeah. We're playing Sacramento tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's – That's a little bit extreme. Uh, I'm not saying Bill Russell's lying. I would never say Bill Russell. Anything negative. No, I believe
1: that. I just... The Patrick Beverly one, I'm just like really yeah it's i don't do that before games i i, I just can't it's like no, stop it pat Bef. yeah if you're taking those extremes maybe there's other things you can do to perform at a better level i just than yeah. worrying about that
2: again i just don't really see the science behind it. like i don't for basketball especially like what like your jump shot's gonna be a lot more pure because <laughs> you've been holding it in the past couple week or day or whatever i mean i guess he said he just doesn't do it before game days but uh, and then, yeah, super cringe for him to be like, wifey's going to kill me for this one. Like, all right, bro. Like, then just, so <laughs> just gross. don't say it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not, not a fan of that. I also, I would not advise. I just don't, I, I don't really see how that would help. I think UFC kind of makes sense to me, again. Like, things where you really got to get your machismo up, but I, I, basketball doesn't, That I, I disagree, Patrick.
1: So we saw the return of John Morant last night. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Did it make you uncomfortable with, like, the, the hero's welcome he received? Yeah, that was pretty strange, right? Uh, his yeah. dad was wearing um, a hoodie that said Redemption on it That's with weird. John Moran on there. Uh, he got a standing ovation. He talked about what it meant to return and dealing with those pre-tip emotions. Um, before the game,
2: you know, I did some meditation. Um, That's good. Basically that just minute. ease, you know, the nerves, you know, emotions, you know, I was feeling, um, you know, coming back. Um it was a lot, but it kind of helped me. And then, you know, once I, you know, got out there on the court, you know, just seeing, you know, how the fans, you know, reacted to me being back, definitely, you know, helped me a lot, you know, made me, you know, feel good inside. And yeah, man, it was, I don't know, I can't put it in words. know, I'm kind of numb, you know, right now, but, you know, thankful for everybody. Interesting. Do you think that opposing fans boo him? It sounds like he was he was a little nervous about the the pushback or you the know, possible reaction. I, I don't really think people. I don't want to say people don't care like that, but it's not like he personally offended anyone. No,
1: I, I think with Ja, I think I think the Grizzlies get booed just right. in general yeah, because sure. of kind oh, of yeah, that persona, yeah. right? From Dylan Brooks, yeah. even Jaw, right? Saying not worried about teams Absolutely. in the West in some regard. Kind of right. The West is kind of wide open. Shouldn't Maybe Israel. Right, no, but I,
2: he shouldn't be concerned.
1: Um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, he got a standing ovation. Like, he mm-hmm. a, came back like from this crazy, tragic mm-hmm. injury or right. something. It's like, <laughs> yeah. No, like you. It's you, a movie. Got, you got in trouble a little bit, right? Yeah. You're flashing a gun on IG Live. You went to counseling for a few weeks, and now you're back. Like, yeah. you're you're here. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing with Memphis that good for them is they found a way to kind of navigate through this. You know, they've right. lost Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark. Right. Jaw was out last night. Dylan Brooks didn't play. They're still winning games, mm-hmm. and I, I thought for sure the Kings were gonna have a, more of a legit shot to hold that number two seed. But Memphis just hasn't <clears throat> lost. No, yeah, and that's if if
2: uh when I played Taylor uh, Chris uh, Chris Miles's clip earlier uh talking about Taylor Jenkins getting that Coach of the Year. Candidacy. I think that that's really what I pointed to is just the fact that he's been able to keep that team together through all the adversity, all the injuries you just mentioned. They didn't play the first month of the season without Jaron Jackson. Desmond Bain missed some time. Jaws missed some time here and there. You mentioned Steven Adams as well. Like the fact that they've been able to keep it together speaks a lot about uh, about Taylor Jenkins for sure, but also somebody who I'm a huge fan of, Tyus Jones. I mean, it's it's really helpful, and yeah. it, you can easily patch up Ja Morant being out when you have one of, if not the best, backup point guard in the NBA. And I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of Tyus Jones, so shout out him.
1: It's interesting that they brought Morant off the bench last night.
2: Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. And it kind of, you know, you could argue that they went 6-3 and three without Jaw. They had a really good record without Jaw last year. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Maybe you know. Maybe John does need to kind of take a step back and let his teammates cook a little bit more. I think there's a little bit. We saw it with the Utah. With the Utah the other day, with the Jazz the other day. That you know, sometimes when your stars don't play, the ball just moves a little bit more. It just kind of you know, no one is is expected to kind of be that guy, and so everybody's sharing the sugar a little bit more. And maybe there's a little bit to that in, in Memphis, and they. They have the talent. They have so many guys that they can go to that, you know, maybe maybe job. you know, sometimes when you when you miss some time too as a player, you get to watch your team and with them playing so well, maybe sometimes you're like, you know, maybe I don't need to do so much. Maybe, you know, these guys can can figure it out themselves and you just have a little bit more trust. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, you know, maybe <sighs> they play a little differently.
1: We're talking about how sweet it would be to beat the Warriors in the playoffs. Oh, Oh, it would Give be me real the quiet. Oh.
2: Give me the
1: Memphis Grizzlies. A quiet
4: Dylan Brooks? Oh my god. See, if the Kings beat the Warriors, that's for us. Yes. If the Kings beat the Grizzlies, that's for everybody. Yes, for then everybody. Then we are the truly. world's team. Yes. We truly. are the world.
1: Everyone's gonna be rooting for the Kings. Yeah.
2: Oh but Dylan Brooks would be oh he would oh he Kings fans would hate him. He might move to public enemy number one. The Kings would beat them. He would say something about the beam for sure. You think? You think? Yeah. <laughs> It's without Steven
1: yeah. Adams and Brandon yeah, Clark, right. that's Steven, a huge loss. Steven
2: Adams, you can argue, almost Whoa. won them that last time they well, played with Steven, all those offensive rebounds.
1: Steven Adams has killed them yeah. this year.
2: Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point, right? Because Jaron Jackson's not nearly the physical presence that Steven Adams is. And I could see Domas really going to work on Jaron Jackson, a guy who's also not a very good rebounder as well. And that's Domas' strong suit. So. Uh, you and know, I imagine can see the Fox Morant. Fox thing, Morant,
1: come on. Which, by the way, is one of the stupidest like debates over the years. Yeah. Like, who's better? I'm like, oh, do they come out in the same time? No. Oh no, yeah, they're just right. fast guards. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, Fox has had a better year than Ja. Yes, he has. Even before all this stuff mm-hmm. that went down, Fox has been just a better player this yeah. year. I would love to see those two go head to head. You have the Dylan Brooks it's dynamic, crazy. Desmond Bain, right. like. I think that'd be a fun series. That might be
2: the funnest series that the Kings could have, and that would obviously have to probably be a second round matchup. But that's also the most likely well, second round matchup for them, right? I mean, if the King the Kings at that two or three spot, you're you're gonna play either the two or three.
1: That has a chance to be like we we talk about rivalries, and right now it's like. I don't know the Grizzlies Warriors one just strange. I, I don't strange. you know usually in a rivalry you like one of the teams mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, you, exactly. or you side with one of <laughs> yeah. them at least. I'm like I'm I not going to
2: yeah, I'm not going to say Draymond's right here.
1: Yeah. I think Kings Grizzlies could be that. You yeah. know, you've got two kind young of teams those as younger
2: as well. yeah. exactly, smaller market teams. Coach of the year's going at it <laughs> candidates, you know. Yeah, I like it. I really do, I. And you know, the It really does feel like, yeah, the teams have weirdly intersected a couple times just narrative-wise the past seasons. And, you know, yeah, a little bit of, yeah, that would be good actually. Because I've always even thought that the the grit and grind Grizzlies back in the day, the Marcus Sol Zebo were kind of the closest thing that the NBA had to like the Kings run back in the day where it's like, oh, they they got close. You maybe could have won a championship here or there. But, uh, you know, not a lot of teams will stick through that kind of – you know, adversity year after year. And it felt like those Grizzlies teams were kind of like what the Kings had kind of had to go through where they were always finding themselves in the deep in the playoffs, but never could get to the championship. I like those
1: teams. Tony Allen, Zebo, Gasol, those are fun teams. Yeah, Uh, We're going to be back in 60 seconds on the radio side. Also coming up next, how one player played for both teams in the same game this day, a long, long time ago. And it ties into something that happened last night. We'll talk about next on Sacktown Sports.
0: It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sat Town Sports.
1: Ooh, an update. The Warriors getting some reinforcements. Or one. Gary Payton II, who they got around the trade deadline, returning. Sounds like he might be back against Minnesota. So that wow. That's actually scary when that you is, start talking about a first-round series, Kings Warriors, he was GP2.
2: huge for them last year. Huge for them last year.
1: He has not played much at all this year, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that looks like. I was talking about before the break something that happened this day, 1979, and it ties into something that happened last night. So one thing I do almost every morning is I always like to see what happened in NBA history this day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just curious if something comes up. Yeah. The Google I was, thing now. The Google thing now, yeah. So the Ma- there's that controversy last night with the Mavs game, right, where Mark Cuban wants to protest because of the points of Warriors scored at the end of the third. Anyway, so March 23rd, 1979, the Nets had protested a game in 1979. They were taking on the Sixers, and something went down. They protested and won the protest. So they replayed the final 17 minutes and 50 seconds of the game at a later date. But what's crazy about this, Harvey Catchings and Ralph Simpson played for the Sixers and Eric Money and Al Skinner played for the Nets when the game began, but they were traded to the opposing teams by the time that game was replayed. It's the only time in the history of pro sports that any player played for both teams in the same game. That's insane. How does that even work? How do you keep how do you keep I, like what's box track of, of the look stats like. exactly? That yeah. was my first thought. Is like wow.
2: So they played the game later on in the season. Months later. Like
1: months later. So the, so the they, original oh, game wow. was no, the original <laughs> game was in November. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we gotta replay it. They go, Oh, we'll play let's replay it in late March. So they, the original <laughs> play November. So they played the final <laughs> seventeen fifty oh.
2: and there was a trade. So, technically... Imagine if that would have happened with the Kings last
1: year against the Pacers, and they would have had to play Sabonis. Exactly. Imagine it's like, yeah, the first time we (laughs) played the Pacers, uh, Sabonis was in Indiana, Halliburton was here, now they're on opposing teams. But they technically played in the same game. That is nuts. both teams. And they played 17 minutes.
2: Like, that's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's so. So, I guess to answer my earlier question, they would just replay the Dallas if they were to win. They no, would,
1: the, the league is not letting them win the no protest. I think a lot of times, too, it's got to be really, really, really bad to right. be like, okay, we got to replay. I mean, if
2: the Ryan Hollins tip didn't get accepted, right? Like, that's that's as clear cut as it gets, right? Like, that was that was a game winner. That was, yeah, I don't know. That's that's good. That's a uh, Great fact. Especially
1: how it ties into the protest today. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you see, that was not a force tease. You know, no, that, forced that paid teases. off. That yeah. 100% paid you don't off. don't even be dramatic with no. it. Like, it. Like, the Warriors are adding something that could change the entire Kings playoff run. Next! Yes! <laughs> yeah. oh, Gary Payton II. Gary Payton's coming back. You're <laughs> like, oh, really? I thought, okay. Yeah. No, but honestly, we talked about GP2 just a second ago, and... I. You know, I think the biggest thing with him, he was so impactful for them last year, especially yeah. defensively. Yeah. The challenge, though, is like he hasn't played this year. Yeah. Like, can he be in a good spot yes. and be ready to go yeah. to be impactful for the playoffs?
2: Yeah, that's tough, especially when there's yeah, there's eight to ten games left. I'm not sure how many's left on the Warriors schedule, but that's that's a little bit tight, especially when you like you said, he hasn't played a lot, if at all, this year. Um, and, yeah, this is a different Warriors team. They they st- have the same needs. They definitely will need him defensively. But I don't know if he quite fits in the same either. They kind of brought in Dante DiVincenzo to, to kind of be his replacement. And Dante probably isn't the defender that he is, uh, Gary Payton is. But I would say he's probably a better offensive weapon th- than Gary Payton is for sure. But I think another thing that he brings is just that general IQ. It feels like he, he really knows how to play off of Steph.
1: I, Dante is um, – I, I was really excited when the Kings were – well, when they we thought they were getting him the first time. The first, first time. And then last time I was too, and it was tough because I, I actually think he could have helped this team mm-hmm. for sure. I get why they went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But Dante's been good for them. 40% from right. three, plays good defense. Mm-hmm. I like his game.
2: Yeah, I do too. I think I, – I really wish it would have worked out for him. From what I understand, it was not going to work out here because of the – you know, there was some – he wasn't happy with how
1: – uh, they benched him essentially for. It. Do, do you think
2: that's true? Also, I I, uh, I, I mean, never heard on. official wording
1: on that. I think but. with a you know a different coaching staff, it could have been fine. I think right. they wanted to keep their options open. They thought exactly. maybe get Malik Monk and mm-hmm. that would be a better fit with what they were trying to do. But yeah, I mean, I thought how they handled Dante last year was weird. Strange. I think Alvin was trying to get Justin Holliday going. Yeah, and Why? he had a, <laughs> he had a relationship with him. Sure.
2: And it sometimes it's as simple as that, right? And you know games didn't really matter too Justin much. Justin
1: had had like um, a decent year before coming yeah. to Sacramento, especially yeah, was shooting. Really it's well. like, yeah. all right, let's get him out of this, and then they just kept going with it. And it's like, man, play Dante, yeah, just play Dante, just play right, him, because he could
2: potentially, yeah. I mean, and he would fit in really well. I don't, I, I think I'm, I'm perfectly fine with what the Kings have right now. I, yeah. I, I enjoy Kevin Herter and Malik Monk as their, as their two rotation, but I think it would be beneficial for them to kind of have a little bit more of a defensive-minded guard. You know, we're seeing what Kessler-Edwards can bring to this team. I think Dante provided a lot of what Kessler gives, if not even more. Um, you know, not he, the size. Not the size, for sure. Yeah, you, can't, you Kessler, they're, they're experimenting, like Brendan mentioned, putting him. Mike said he wanted to put uh, Kessler-Edwards on, on Laurie Markinen the other night and was disappointed that Markin didn't get to go. That's not something Dante would be able to provide, but... Um, the other stuff, like even being an offensive rebounder, I thought Dante that was one of the most surprising yeah. things was just how he would crash the glass was was just crazy and especially coming off an ankle injury, I do feel like there was maybe a little bit more meat on left on the bone for for Dante here I would have liked to see him I would have liked to see him with this team frankly I think he really could have helped and yeah. added a interesting dynamic to to the rotations.
1: Well, it's interesting what they can throw out there, too. I mean, I don't know if you play them at the same time, of course, but when you have DiVincenzo and GP2 on your oh on team. Oh, my gosh. And to be honest, like oh. Ste- Steph has had some nice moments defensively. Steph mm-hmm. is better than – you talked about this in the first yeah. hour, but – all as all aspects of Steph Curry's game has gotten better. Spinner, That's why I respect yeah. the guy so yeah. much. That guy just works as that. A- mm-hmm. The guy has accomplished everything you can accomplish as yeah. an NBA player. The greatest shooter we've ever seen. He's won championships, been part of great teams. Yet yeah, yeah. he's gone. You know what? I could be better. And we forget too, like his career. This wasn't supposed to happen. Even like
2: he yeah. wasn't supposed to make it this far. His ankles were were a death sentence. Like people were like, "There's this guy's ankles will not be able to survive." five seasons into his career. It's just too bad. And to his credit, I mean, he's remained really healthy. He uh, I've heard he, he, uh, he credits like building up his hip strength as a reason why, like just building up his body, his body is fantastic. Now he's 35 years old and he, he looks like he's, he's as good as he's ever been, if not better.
1: Yeah, His, his game should age well.
2: It should. Right. I mean, even when he's, even if he does lose that mobility, which makes him so dangerous right now, just how he runs like a chicken with his head cut off. Even when he's able to just be a spot up shooter, he's 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 going to be a problem. That that'll be really interesting to see, just like what what a thirty nine year old Steph Curry looks like and the the kind of impact and gravity that he's still able to have.
1: Uh, King's pulse in the chat, Brendan. Oh. Uh, let's hear Chris's real thoughts on Dante Divincenzo. What are my real thoughts on Dante? No, that's what I'm asking. you. I, I enjoyed Dante.
2: I feel like you're you're mistaking me, Brendan. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I enjoy
1: Dante. I really do like Dante. Um. Yeah, I. We're, God, the GP two thing. I wasn't even factoring him. The other thing, yeah. though, with that, if they get well, Wiggins, if they the get thing. Wiggins yeah. back, and I don't even know, like that's no, the story that's... that no one really knows anything about. People are speculating left and the right. The speculation is worse.
2: It's like the worst thing I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> I have actually, I haven't even seen some of that. I've, I, I think there was something I saw, but I, I don't think I even know what you're talking about. It, Not that we're gonna do this here, no, but like, yeah. yeah, um. I just hope everything's good with him.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely hope everything's good with him, especially like, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's whatever we've heard is true or not. Like the fact that he's missed 17 games and you hear his teammates comments about his situation, they're just like, we don't care. We know what's going on. We just really are wishing the best for him and the best mental space for him. So, you know, it's bad. And, uh, you know, there's definitely there's conversations I've seen had about like how much of, you know, how much of this should be allowed to be private and how much you know should we just know because he's missing 17 games at this point and i'm like if it, none, none we of do your not, business yeah, if, at all same thing with Rashawn holmes last year yeah. it's like it's just none of our business and if we're meant to know we will find out that's how these things work but um no i mean absolutely i don't know if we're going to see andrew wiggins the rest of this year but if he does come back that's again the kind of thing that can make the Warriors a really, really scary team to go against in the first round, despite their their record.
1: Ooh, we have a ticket giveaway. I just realized. Do I? Oh, d- do, we? do we? No, I not. I, I did not it earlier. Know. No, okay. I was like we did it earlier. Yeah.
2: Okay. I, I had to write on it. Yeah. Just, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't do that. Yes. I want to give away Thank tickets you. to Chris Walken's yeah. favorite band, so I'm glad <laughs> Three I doors didn't. down. Yeah. 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 I hate to do that. My bad. My bad. All right. Coming up That's next, right. so we'll talk some more hoops. Plus. Frankie Cardaselli expected to join us, but we'll also have story time with Chris Verlad, baby. It's straight ahead. Deuce Mason, Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports.
0: It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo.
1: Sacktown Sports. Yeah, Deuce Mason hanging out with Chris Watkins today. Morgan is off doing some... Interviews today. Uh, so, hanging out no with Chris. Morgan,
0: Dude Show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: That's, <laughs> That's what it is great. today. That was, that, was that you?
0: Yeah, that was wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: no Morgan, Dude Show. Yeah. Wow. Dude Show. Dude and then show. Uh, we're off tomorrow. We're doing a Stockton Kings game that tips off at 11. Chris Watkins will be here with Kyle
0: Draper. Can't wait.
6: Another uh, Dude Show. Drapes, yeah. Another Dude Show. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. And welcome Frankie Cardaselli. Appreciate you. him being here. He uh, just came back from... Kings practice, of course, you can read all of his stuff at SactownSports.com. Uh, any big takeaways from Kings' practice today?
6: Did they feel well rested? What was the vibe? Yeah, th- there was like a notice. Like they seemed upbeat, obviously. Like with with the couple day break that was needed, obviously. And uh, Kevin Herter out there in full uniform, just uh-huh. participating. Well, in practice uniform, because sometimes I was say yeah, he's he's, he's, yeah, like he's ready. He ready. He ready to go. He's oh. ready to go. Uh-huh. I'm making right. a statement. So yeah. pra- just to be clear, full
1: jersey, practice uniform, practice uniform. Okay, that was
6: important. Practice uniform. Yeah, but no. Well, we've seen guys come up from injuries from time to time, like Malik Monk when he was questionable a couple of times. He's out there in a, a mm-hmm. t shirt, like in yeah. slides, sometimes. Some guys are just kind of on the sideline. He was you know, headband was on. Headband was hey, on. Headband. He's, oh, ready. he's playing. He's playing. He was locked in. Playing. He was locked in. But they're gonna see how he feels tomorrow morning, and then they're gonna go from mm. go from
1: there. So mm-hmm. after practice, get those reps in. Maybe feel like, all right, what is? How's his body gonna respond yeah, the next day? Definitely.
6: Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, have you guys got a chance to averse yourselves and, and study on the popliteus muscle?
2: I still can't even pronounce. Is that correct? Have you heard anyone say? I think it's popliteus. Poplitus sounds right.
1: Poplitus. I just say he's hurt, dude. Like he'll <laughs> His be leg. back soon. His back hurts. That's why hockey's great. Poplitus. Hockey, they go, Popledus. this guy's out.
4: Lower body injury.
6: <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. wh- that's enough. enough said. Yeah, why In hockey,
4: they? this player is out. Head contusion. Yeah.
6: Yep. <laughs>
1: I don't removal. know. No, they they would just call that upper body injury. Upper body, upper, yeah. yeah, he's got an upper body I mean, injury. He's missing today. Maybe they
6: shouldn't tell us the exact. I mean, all these medical terms because then people try to be Twitter doctors and stuff like that. Oh, I so mean, I, I, just, I just say leg injury. I don't know.
1: That it's a, one of the worst things with social media, and it's one thing for like random Joe fan to say, but when you've got reporters going, oh, looks like uh, an Achilles tear for yeah. this player, and it's like, oh, he's actually got a sore ankle. He's day to day, and you're like. Why you're not a you're not a doctor? Just stop. Just wait. The Wait. Yeah, pa- it's okay. It's, it's okay. The we Paul don't. George
6: injury reactions were crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, again, it looked it looked really bad. It yeah. did, but then people were saying, "Oh, based on this injury, because of." this player in a similar angle, like the mm. angle of the leg bending, this, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I, I, yeah. you don't yeah, know though. They're
1: actually going to have to cut off his leg, and then you're like, actually, he's a, he's going to be back <laughs> in two weeks. Two weeks, weeks. Yeah, two weeks. three weeks. Deal. That's like, what
2: people were doing with Braun, too. They were like, oh, my God, like his his ankle or his foot is never, ever going to recover. They're going to have to cut his foot off of the shoe to get his shoe off. And, I mean, yeah, he's missed some time, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's it's
6: okay. Fine. But the, it, was, it was upbeat, though. Practice was uh, upbeat, and... Uh, some good stuff from the guys. They weren't concerned at all about the two-game streak. And uh, Mike Brown speaking about the the resiliency of his team. That's why they've gone since November. Uh, the last three-game losing streak was in November. So a uh, big test from tomorrow to keep that streak going. But um, one interesting thing that all Ooh. the all the guys I'm saying is just that they're. I think you guys talked about it this morning with Brendan, or maybe you talked about it before. But they're not too enamored with the clinch aspect of, mm. of this upcoming mm-hmm. weekend or, or Monday. They they're looking past it. Like even HB again today was like, yeah. I got, it's like it's big for the fans. Like I'm, I'm happy for the fans. Like but we we have goals and it's just that's that's just part of it.
1: I do think this. If they clinch at home, let's say Saturday, best yeah. case scenario, they clinch Saturday. Or if it's just a home game, they say that. But I do think they will feel the emotions from the fans yeah. being there, and they will be overcome by that. I'm not saying that means they're going to go full Patrick Beverly jump on the scores table. <laughs> But I think there's definitely going to be some emotions tied to that. I mean, how could you not? If yeah. you just look up at the crowd, it, imagine Scott Moke yeah. and the Kings have clinched the yeah. playoff spot. I Everyone mean, will be in their seats
2: still, too. It'll they're be gonna, the ovation the is chance. going yeah. to
1: be unlike we've ever yeah. heard In yeah. that building, that's 16 years coming through, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're a player, even if you're like, hey, business as usual, that's the type of stuff that mm-hmm. gets you. Yeah.
6: You, You can't, I mean, you can't predict it. I mean, you have to be in the moment, don't you Mm -hmm. think? I mean, they have to be in the moment and feel it. Especially guys like Fox, who have been here for six, seven, six years now. I mean, he's someone I'm looking to to see what he does. Like, what is his reaction? Because he's been the one since the beginning of this new group. So, Yeah.
2: To your point, I definitely could see that. Like in the moment, even like leading up to it, you're like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's going to hit me that hard." And then, like Duce the is saying, it just feels like in the moment you're going to feel it, and at least like the locker room like because they're going to celebrate clinching the spot in general. But it feels like, yeah, like running into that locker room after hearing all the crowd and stuff, I, I bet that they feel it a little bit more.
6: This is a real question because, again, I mean, I, I haven't covered winning basketball teams and I haven't watched closely and. And especially like local broadcasts, and they stay with the, the the team after when they clinch a spot in baseball. When you clinch a playoff spot, they're in the locker room and champagnes flying. Mm-hmm. They tarp up the lockers. In the NBA, it's not like that, is no, it? No,
1: it's it's also. I've always thought that was weird in baseball. Really?
6: Yeah, I mean it's it, a marathon. It's it is, and maybe it's that's
1: 160 games. Yeah, that, that's fine. But mean, are so like, oh, you you get in. All right. Would you want to champagne? See that, would you want to card win?
0: Champagne <laughs> <Each round laughs> yeah, Honestly it like, is. Okay, that I don't like. I don't yeah. like that. They do
6: <laughs> every, every round. round. Yeah. and I
1: I am all about celebrate the moments because the journey matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I don't know that you would see like, hey, media's in there and everyone's celebrating that way. I do think I mean look at what they do after wins right now. Yeah. They got a fog machine, right. purple lights, Great point. A dog right. like, they're going to celebrate. How I imagine I mean if I were to make a prediction, they're probably dumped. Gator or, you know, water on right, Mike yeah, Brown, right. the coach's yeah. staff, you know, have fun with that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, you know, some awesome speech. And Mike Brown's going to say, let's go take care of business. It's on. Yeah. You know, well, you
4: see the celebration when someone gets the DPOG you know, yeah, right. yeah, so, I yeah, I think, yeah. mean, it'll be like that. They're going to sell. Yeah, if for know, sure, it, needs, it needs to be sold. The
2: locker room celebration, I think, is, is definitely going to be off the
1: chain. But they're not going to tarp it off with no, champagne. that's what I'm
6: saying. That, that doesn't happen. But I'm yeah. saying that. that that's,
1: would... like a, that's like that's like some like. Uh, fringe sport like baseball, does. Fringe, yeah, 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 fringe yeah. Sport. Fringe yeah. Sport. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's just you ever Pick heard ball. of it, ever heard of it, yeah, you
2: know, I know, uh, HB doesn't drink. Do you think what, what, like, where at what level do you think the Kings have to reach to get HB to have like a sip of champagne?
6: Probably, a champ- or like, I
2: think a it's championship. gotta be a championship, right? That's pretty great, that's a right? good point. It's like,
6: I think it's what it took last time was a championship.
2: Oh, that's true, right? There's like, an article there. about it somewhere,
6: yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it was a one sip, and he's like, yeah. I'm good, yeah, that's good. Keegan Murray blacks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes off the deep yeah, end. <laughs> what happened?
2: Eric Musselman Whoa. just yeah. rips his shirt off, comes, yeah. comes yeah. out after. What if,
6: yeah, we get uh, an unexpected reaction after the Kings clinch. Keegan Murray up there yeah. just ripping his jersey off yeah. and just
4: we did, screaming. I this did, is my house. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you before, Chris, I sent you and Brendan the highlights when we were watching Keegan Murray in college, and he has yeah. a couple dunks where he's he's screaming yeah. after plays. Like maybe there's something hidden in there. You never know.
1: Um, so. You said vibes are good. Any, yeah. any thoughts on, on Phoenix from Mike Brown or anything, or was it more focused on the day of practice? Yeah,
6: they didn't go too in-depth. It was mostly on, the, on practice and responding. Uh, there was um, uh, someone out there from Make-A-Wish that was spending the day with the team and Fox, cool. so everyone had, had a chance to talk about how cool it was for, for that experience for them and um, spoke really highly of them. I mean, Mike was talking with the family for a while, and Fox was taking pictures and that's awesome. getting half-court yeah, so Really cool to see that in person. I've never yeah. seen – like I watched uh, the My Wish series in SportsCenter growing yeah. up all the time and I've never seen something like that in person so it was really cool.
1: I sat next to a Make-A-Wish kid at a WWE live show once. Mm-hmm. Dude, WWE crushes it with Make-A-Wish kids. Mm-hmm. They make and so it's cool to see those moments for sure.
2: Yeah, cuz kids, I mean, those are that makes that would mm-hmm. make any kid's mm-hmm. life, you know, that that's that's got to be the coolest yeah. experience that you will ever have.
6: It was cool. It was a really cool moment. <laughs> um I'm sure that I think some of the, the news guys were going to put some stuff together on that. Um sure. I think they might be even talking to the family and to, to the kid and stuff, so Keep an eye out for that, but yeah. it was really cool, is that on that aspect. But from a basketball standpoint, um, no, I mean everybody was there. Everybody was look looked lively. I mean the music today was uh, <laughs> they they go through like these these spurts of playlists. Like it was J Cole one day, then one day they were playing like like nineties. I don't know. And, and today was a little bit of a mix of everything, but uh, upbeat upbeat times for the Kings and big weekend coming up. Like I, I think I'm sure you guys have talked about it the last two three mm-hmm. hours, but uh, Magic number is three. Yeah. So depending on what happens tomorrow night. We could be looking at magic number of one come Saturday morning.
1: Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. That's we, true. We've been trying to figure out the math. It's it? three, yeah, because the Warriors play the Sixers. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose that game, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. So okay. That, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. They have
2: nobody who can. Joel Embiid might score 60. Wow. The Kevon okay. Looney <laughs> yeah.
1: disrespect. Hey, I, All right, we'll talk about that on the other side. we got one more segment left, plus we have a few stories for story time with Chris Verlade. You could be here for that, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I never have. All right, Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Chris Watkins. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports 1140.
0: Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on youtube.com slash Sports
1: 1140
0: or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app.
1: Appreciate you guys hanging out with us this afternoon. Deuce Mason alongside Chris Watkins. Frankie Cardicelli in the building, too. He just. Got back from Kings Practice Kings. Uh, no Morgan,
0: dude show. Yeah, no Morgan
1: today. She is off. She'll be back on Monday. Benjamin in the YouTube chat says a Deuce and Brendan versus Chris and Frankie in yeah. basketball. Who wins? Uh,
6: I'm down to do that. That'd be interesting. We're, yeah. I mean, you guys are more height. Would it, well,
1: wait, what would it be? <laughs> Me and Brendan against. Brendan Chris and Frankie. Oh, easy
2: Brendan work. Light work. Yeah. Uh, for What? Uh, just only because I'm on your team, they're saying light Here's reality. They don't even here's the reality. so gross.
1: Get me the ball, Brendan. Get out the way. Get out the way. <laughs> Get out the way. <laughs> out the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find you, and I'm not even saying for me to score. No, just, right. Just trust yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, I Paint got touches. You. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
6: How tall are you? Six one. Okay, Brendan's like 5'11", so you guys definitely have height. Brendan's
1: 5'11". I'm
6: 5'8". He's definitely got like... Inches on me, I'd
2: say I'm five. He's yeah, got, he's got, five, he's
1: five. got a half inch on you for sure. Half, for
6: sure. Okay, I think Brennan's taller than I am by like,
4: I don't know. <laughs> I feel <laughs> good about our chances.
6: Yeah, let's see, let's let's see this this off season, this summer. Yeah, we'll, we'll set it up.
1: Um, we we're talking about before the break a Does big weekend Deuce for
4: the Deuce. Does that mean Mo and I are on a team? Sure, guys. Yeah, you guys, yeah. Oh, you, wow. you guys get winner. Light work.
1: This guy. Mo is so... She's, she's, like, in Luca shape right now. <laughs> you know, like, it's well, not, not, yeah, Morgan's a, a point guard, self.
2: right? She's a point guard? Yeah. That's yeah. all I need. I she need someone handles? to feed me
4: yeah. down low, and then once you guys start double-teaming, kicking it out to Morgan for easy yeah. shots. Yeah, her, I've, her, I've her NBA no comp is
1: a less athletic, slower Andre Miller. <sighs> like, Raul. I thought you were going to... Yeah,
2: like, yeah, like a, a Gravis Vasquez? No, no.
1: He played with I some know, speed. He did, yeah, he did. Uh, she, she's she got like Like that, a
2: Kings-era Andre Miller.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. Alex Lynn of Rec League. What? Wait, what? I am
6: Alex yeah, Lynn
1: of Rec League. I read a comment. I read a comment. What the hell? A what the that's, a, hell?
4: that's a garbage okay. job. <laughs> I don't know if we should trust your uh, comparison. Yeah, I don't know, uh, Brendan. You
6: might need somebody else on your team, man. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. Um, we were talking about before
1: the break, <laughs> a big weekend for the Kings. Kings take on the Suns. They take on the Jazz the next night. By the way, what's Utah doing, man? You tell you beat Boston, you beat Sacramento last night. Oh, I know. Markkinen's yeah. back, yeah. drops forty, and you yeah. lose to the Blazers. Portland,
6: yeah. Portland too. Well, I know what's he, going on with Portland. They're too, on then. the ropes. Yeah. They're on the ropes right now yeah. too, and it just keeps them keeps the door cracked a little bit. Frankie,
2: next week going to Portland. I, is that next week? Is that? Oh, how, yeah. I don't know if that's even. That's, I, yet. I mean,
1: can I be real honest with you guys? Yeah, just dropped. <laughs> really random. Well,
6: I it's not my doing. I mean, out of all the, tra- it's like. Portland, okay. Well, here's the thing. If they lose one or two of these games, upcoming games, there's a possibility they clinch in Portland, which Mm -hmm. I think would be a bummer because we just talked about them clinching at home really would be... You don't think they'd clinch... At worst, On, on Monday, Monday
1: night against Minnesota,
6: I mean, I'm knocking on wood. Like worst case scenario, they lose. All right, two or three. I mean, three. It's cool. I'm, I'm happy to get to go on the
1: road. No, I'm you're, excited. You're going to be doing coverage on SackTownSports.com? Yes, absolutely. Hell yeah,
6: absolutely. And uh, be out there. Been at Motor Center before. It's a nice stadium. It's huge. Yeah, I'm just wondering if it'll be like the. the... I call it
1: the Rose Garden still.
6: Mm-hmm. Motor Center at the Rose Garden, or just the Rose Garden, just Rose Garden. That's Rose Garden. Used That's what it called. used to be called yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited though. I'm excited.
1: Um, yeah, the Kings are technically going to have a chance to clinch possibly the. This weekend, so Warrior the Magic numbers at three. The Warriors play the Sixers in San Francisco tomorrow night. Kings play the Suns. So the Kings would ha- the
6: Warriors would have to lose, and the Kings would have to win the next two.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. It's tough a back to back too.
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, what does Utah have coming up? Do they have a back coming up, or are they off till are they off till Saturday? I mean, the, the, the last schedule the hand the Kings were dealt was just so brutal. Just looking at how wow, many days were the between. Jazz are at home taking on the Bucks the day before. <laughs> Okay, the (laughs) Kings schedule giveth and or taketh and giveth in this situation.
1: So both teams on the second, I have a back to back. So, yeah, and the Kings looking for some revenge after what happened. I think they'll be much more engaged. I think Phoenix is always a challenging matchup, even Mm -hmm. with DeAndre Ayton not playing. I mean, just I mean, Devin Booker is a problem, but I, 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 the Kings will look all right, I think, with some rest. If Kevin Herter is able to come back. It should be all right. Yeah, Phoenix has struggled too recently. I think I, yeah. I looked it up. They they're one of one in
2: five in their last six. Mm-hmm. So you know yeah. they're, they're struggling a little bit. And I think a- I think Aiden is really just not talked about as, as how good and how big of a factor he is for them. Like he's he's such an easy bucket and like he he helps Chris Paul stay relevant right now. I mean Chris Paul is not the scorer he used to be. He's not really able to to you know be the point go- point god that he used to be. And like a big part of his game now is is getting Aiton going.
1: Yeah. He he is uh, and I think with Sabonis too defending him, there's been challenges just because he's got such a long his release too. Yeah on mm-hmm. that jumper. The little fall away so jumper. Big boy.
6: That little fall jumper, yeah. I mean, he has that in his back. So and he kept he just kept doing it over that, that match at the Kings lost a couple of weeks ago, and he just kept doing it over and over. I think he mm-hmm. had twenty four and twelve that game or something. But um yeah, if he's not playing tomorrow, that's a big loss for the Suns. And again, a chance for the Kings to put them in the rear view, and I mean, it would have unofficially clinched the Pacific Division if you're into that. First time since 2002, 03, it put them, I think, five or six games up on uh, six games up on the Suns with I think eight to go, nine it's to go. It's a banner so. season, boys. It
1: is. It is. Hey, buckle up! It's time for story time with Christopher Laud Do it. We
6: interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that
0: time of the day where Christopher Laud gives you the stories that you need to hear, or maybe
2: not. With Chris Verlod, baby. So, what was the over/under, Chris? I said three and a half deaths in Christopher Laud's oh storytelling. Oh god! Oh <laughs> god! I feel like we're going to knock it out in
1: one story.
4: Okay. <laughs> Would you like to take a guess, Frankie?
1: I hope I. I'm, I want to
4: take the under because I want okay. the under. I wa- yeah, I'll okay.
2: go. I'll go under. I've heard All too right. many of these to not go over.
4: How about we start with Southend Pier, Essex? This comes from the Daily Mail. Okay. 39-year-old musician Stan Blade returned back to his hometown and had a great idea. He wanted to take his father, Stephen Jewett's ashes, on a trip to the pier for a day out. It's going to be a whole big thing on his TikTok. It's beautiful. He said that he wanted to take his dad around the pier, ride on the bumper cars with him, take him on the Ferris wheel, have an ice cream. Won't this be great for TikTok? Won't this be a good thing? Would you like to see that? Does this kind of already count as one death? What's, I, yes. You want, with the ashes? Yes. Oof. Okay. He said his hey, dad whatever, had a great you know. sense of humor. was hilarious. Okay, his stepmother, hilarious. his stepmother Emma Hopkins, did not want him to take her late husband's ashes, but he was able to talk her into it. Unfortunately, Emma was right to worry. Blake well, did go to the pier and ran into some old friends. Then ended up going on a pub crawl with them, where they ended up drinking, where he ended up drinking six cans of Stella and five pints of Lager. When he came home, his stepmom asked, "Hey, where's your dad?" That's when he realized that he did not have the ashes with him. They were in a Tesco bag. Tesco's kind of like their, mm-hmm. their like, uh, mini-mart type of thing, like AMPM type of thing. Carrying that around. But, good news. Uh, where him? am I here? They, they, found did, find, they did find him. Uh, there was a bin man who found the ashes next to a trash can. <laughs> he found them, took them to the police. They were able to find the rifle owners. So I thought... So good story. It was a good story. I yeah. did think that, like,
1: when you're saying he was going out with his dad, I thought it was, like, do all these things and sprinkle. it. Like, like, yeah. So, I didn't think yeah, he was just like, true, yeah. hey, dude, I'll bring dad back later. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Wait, yeah. We'll just go out. I just want a beer. Yeah, that was strange.
4: And his stepmom was like, no. No. And you know it's no, got to be like, ridiculous. you're an <laughs> idiot, and you're going to end up losing yeah, your yeah. father's ashes. I also definitely
2: idiot. thought that that story was going he drank
4: his father's ashes. That's right. Yeah. I let, was like in a
6: Due Date. Have you seen Due Date with <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. and Jamie Foxx? You're the only
4: person that watched Due Date.
6: I was like in high school. I think when it came out, and I guess like, yeah, saw Jay. it. There's like a, they put like like Zach Galifianakis puts like his father's ashes like in a Folgers Dude. can. You and know, and know what? Jamie Foxx makes coffee with it.
1: I think I vaguely remember that movie, but at the same time, it was me. one of those movies that was a letdown. Right. So yeah. it was here let we down. go. Yeah. Uh,
4: Staten Island, That's CNN. A oh yeah. A little George, you, oh, you want some death here?
2: Oh. Don't want some, but I can feel it coming.
4: So we always hear kids need to play outside more. They're not, they're, they're always stuck up in the house. They got to play outside. They need to get outside. Well, these kids' parents are going to hope that their kids stay at home and play video games after this story. It was five boys. They had to be rescued from a Staten Island sewer system on Tuesday (laughs) after getting lost. (laughs) The kids saw an open sewer, (laughs) decided to crawl in and started to to walk around. (laughs) Around 6 o'clock, 911 got a call from the kids. The dispatcher was able to get the kids to guide them to where the firefighters needed to find them. Boys were found about 30 minutes after they called. A firefighter was sent down a tunnel with a rope to find the kids. <laughs> He said the kids traveled about a quarter of a mile on their hands and knees in the sewer. Disgusting kids. All five kids were transported to a local hospital to be evaluated, and one firefighter sustained minor injuries.
1: How irritated would you be as a firefighter? Like, hey, we we got to save some kids. Oh, where are they? They went a quarter mile in the sewer sewer. system. And they don't know where they're at. Sorry, I, I'm going to I'm, I'm throw down like a big rope and you guys can climb your way back. I'm not going down there. Like, oh, I'm out. I'm out. All well, right, I'll be,
4: I'll be quick with this okay. one. Yeah. Alequippa, Pennsylvania. I hope I'm saying that right. This is, comes from WNEP. Police in Beaver County were called to a house where a roommate reported a 23-year-old man unresponsive. Police responded, but unfortunately the man had passed away when they arrived. While the police were there, they discovered hundreds of reptiles, including a lizard, a crocodile, and around 100 venomous snakes, including two black mambas. No, 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 no. Code enforcement was called (laughs) to remove the reptiles, and crews took the reptiles, but left all but about 100 non-venomous ones, since those aren't illegal to have. There is good news. News from the corner said the man's death was not from a venomous snake bite. What was it from? They don't know. You. Okay, I thought there was. A- I'd like to know what it was from. Yeah, there's. Why
2: That's does thing. he have a pet gator?
4: Yeah. It's a crocodile. Whatever. <laughs> it's all disgusting.
2: Florida, huh? No, Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania,
1: you know, known for having reptiles. Well, nice. Chris, that was great story time. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Thanks, Frankie. Thanks, Chris. Chris will be running things tomorrow with Kyle Draper. Coming up next, it's Cattles and Rami. We love you guys, but we got
5: this to go. See ya!